You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome back, everybody, to the Oz Network as we continue our coverage of Australian Survivor 2017, the fourth season, and we are into some very interesting episodes as we uh, get straight into the middle part of the season. We are done with episodes eight and nine, and uh, we have got a lot to cover. And I am absolutely thrilled to be able to welcome our next guest here to the Oz Network to be able to discuss this with me and discuss her time on the show as well, because it's it's been a long time since she was on uh, Survivor. And uh, I have to say, I am very excited to be able to find out some stories and everything else in between, because I am a huge fan of this person. I'm not even going to pretend to hide my fandom for them. They were on the very first season of Australian Survivor back in 2000. 2002, where they finished in fourth place, and I have to say, one of the most memorable contestants on that entire season. I do speak, of course, of the one, the only, Miss Katie Gold. Katie, welcome to the Oz Network. <laughs> thank you so much, Ben, and thank you for the testimonial. That was very generous. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, people have always said I'm a suck-up on this show, but I, I become more of a suck-up when I legitimately am talking to somebody I like, so uh, oh, does that work? <laughs> that works for me. <laughs> well, uh, it is... Uh, um, I mean, as I said, it's an honour to have you here. I mean, we, we obviously had Lance on a few weeks ago, and we, we mentioned that we tracked a few of you guys down from uh, the OG season 2002. And, uh, I mean, uh, it has to be said, you, you really uh, probably weren't expecting to get a, a message from somebody asking you to talk about something that you did all these years ago. I mean, is this something that even comes up in conversation 15 years later since you did the show? Yeah, it rarely comes up in conversation. I, I don't bring it up, others don't bring it up, but perhaps sometimes um, a friend might introduce me to someone new saying, oh, this is Katie, God, oh, she did Survivor, and I'm like, okay, that was 100 years ago, I've done other things since then, <laughs> but yeah, no, it doesn't come up, I don't speak about it much, but it's very vivid, and um, watching Australia, the, the new series on TV now is quite triggering, I, I found myself dreaming last night of things that happened 15 years ago, yeah. <laughs> We're bringing back all these uh, in, inner memories that perhaps you thought you'd um, you'd masked for all these years, so you might you might be seeing yeah. therapists after this episode again, Katie, I'm not too sure. Uh, <laughs> it's possible, yeah. <laughs> don't worry, a lot of people need therapy after listening to our show, you wouldn't be the first, so it's fine. <laughs> It, 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 it's fine. But, I mean, one thing that I, I think our listeners should know, and this is the fascinating thing about uh, kind of getting you on the show here, is that you actually have not watched Survivor since you were on it. So you watching this week, this is mm. basically almost like watching a brand new show in many ways because the show has obviously changed so much since you were on it and you just told mm. me off air that you absolutely loved it. So, I mean, how was your experience yeah. in kind of bringing Survivor back into your life? Uh well, yeah, I. It feels like I've been in uh, a court in time or something because the the. I suppose I didn't see too much innovation, but I felt that the quality, like because the game, the format is somewhat the same. Yeah, there's more people, but the format is somewhat the same. Um, I I was I was really delighted at at the depth and the characters on the show, and I thought the host was great. I thought the, the challenges were fantastic. Um, I, I got hooked, you know, in the first kind of five or ten minutes. I, AK immediately, um, I thought, yeah, this guy's pretty cool. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I really enjoyed it. And I, I was surprised. 
Well, that's good. I'm glad to hear that because it, it, it is almost sometimes, you know, I wonder how somebody new coming into, say, this uh, would, would sort of see it because I know when Channel 10 brought it back, I mean, it was it was a mm. real shock that they did it and there were obviously a lot of mm. Australians who perhaps watched Survivor back when it started because, I mean, the common thing that I will get is when people say, like, oh, you do something on Survivor, oh, is that show still on? You know, they they generally haven't watched it since it first started. So, again, it's kind of like you would have a new bunch of fans kind of tuning into this Australian version. And then, obviously, people like yourself who were on the show or kind of saw it back when it um, first started to kind of see this opinion of it. And, I mean, it's obviously, uh, you said sort of just the the editing and the style there. I mean, the quality, I guess, would you say has improved slightly from your season, Katie? Uh Oh, (laughs) Yeah, uh, look, I I don't. I think the the people at Channel Nine who worked on the the production, the direction, they were they worked really hard, and they're all really good people. I think it came down to um, budget, and it came down to perhaps I don't know whether they had some advisors from America to help them make you know with the executive decision making about you know that's not good enough. We're going to have to reshoot this or. They, they needed – there was just – yeah, there was something lacking, but it wasn't for, for lack of effort. I, I think there were, it was maybe funding or perhaps, um, you know, they were learning how to do it. They didn't have enough advisory or support to get it right. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It, I mean, it, this is the thing that, we you know, we talked about with Lance and we've always kind of said it's like – if you're ever going to go and watch, and as we keep saying, it is on YouTube that you can watch your season. It's, mm. it's, I mean, it's, it is a very different show to be able to watch it when you're used, so used to a certain format. And even yeah. in 2002, we'd only had two, you know, versions that I think it aired, or at least three or four, I should say, uh, that yeah. it aired from the American one. And even then, because I think a lot of the reasons why a lot of Australian fans were, I guess, disappointed in how it turned out was because we were expecting basically a carbon copy of the US version with the music and the editing and the style, and mm. it was different. But as I kind of said with Lance, yeah. I feel it's almost got this unique charm about it now that if you give it another <laughs> go and watch it like yeah. I did recently, it kind of, while it still has its issues, I can kind of look at it for what it is more so now than I, I did a few years ago. So, have I mean, you haven't watched it, I believe, since it aired on TV, have you? Oh, forget about it. I can't. It's, it makes me. It makes me cringe. And you know what? I'm not in it enough to watch it. You know, I just. I think I hear other. And you, you, as much as you know, you're not just watching it for yourself. You, you're not. Um, it's. I don't know. You kind of. Well, when am I next on? <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, but everything I do and say, I just think, oh my god, that's that's just pretty regrettable. But. Mm. Uh, I don't know. And they didn't show the, the things that I did really well. That's what I found unfair. Um, so it's hard to watch. Um, yeah, it's hard, for, it's hard for me to watch. Plus, it's, I don't know. Well, I'm going to find yeah, out. I'm going to have to get to I the bottom of some of these it. things perhaps that we didn't see because yeah, I always like exactly. finding that out from people. But, I mean, it's interesting kind of hearing you say there about, like, not being seen and things like that. You've got some people on this season uh, that we'll, we'll talk about that we legitimately are not seeing it all, Kate. I mean, I'm, I'm sure in two episodes that you watched, were you aware that there's somebody called Adette on this season? Uh, <laughs> I mean, oh, Adette, Yeah. <laughs> It's, uh, I mean, yeah. it's, it's interesting with the editing how you've got so many people but and we've got more than one episode a week, but we're still not seeing some of these people. Oh, you can't possibly. Like, I didn't notice that blonde girl. I, I, you know, I saw Odette. I noticed her because she looked quite strong. Mm-hmm. Um, I looked at her physique. She didn't get to say much, but she looks really athletic. But there's another girl in the... Um, uh, 
I can't remember her name. She didn't say anything. But how can there? There's like a hundred people on there. <laughs> you might be, I think, talking about Michelle, perhaps uh, on a on a Sunger, maybe, or or actually, yeah, or maybe she's even with Tessa AK. on Summertown. Oh, uh, Tessa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, and she sat there at Tribal Council like a prized budgerigar <laughs> sitting on a perch. I'm like, <laughs> you know, she hasn't said anything. Why is the look on her face? Like, she, she obviously has, there's something going on with her in the background that they're not showing. I, I guess to clarify with that, um, I mean, she was on the outs very early on. Summertow lost a lot of challenges in a row, and she was oh. basically constantly targeted, and uh, she actually played an idol at one point that uh, another contestant, uh, Mark or Tarzan, basically gave to her and he kind of sacrificed his game in many ways so she's kind of gone from being on the you know dead set on the bottom to sort of being you know ak's right hand girl almost so i guess it's interesting we saw a lot of her early on but now she's just kind of there because i guess she's not really in trouble i guess you would say Ah, right. Yeah. Well, she does. She looks quite established from, like, you know, that's the first episode I've seen. She she seems to be sitting pretty. Mm. Well, actually, the, you got actually... Judging by the expression on her face. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you, you got a bit of a treat too, I will say, this week. I mean, I'm jokingly saying that there's somebody called Adette. The one that uh, everybody is not meeting at all is Ben, Sideshow Bob, as we are calling oh, him with yeah. the hair. I mean, he actually got to speak this week, uh, Katie. I mean, he went seven episodes without speaking at all. So, you were into a treat this week. But you met Ben before a lot of other people did. Uh, yeah, he didn't strike me as a big threat. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's underselling it. Yeah, I'd say that. <laughs> he kind of has this sort of dull and uncomprehending um, expression on his face. And it's like, <laughs> it's like maybe he's masking these inner workings or something, but I, I don't think he is. Mm, yeah, he's... Um, I mean, I think the real uh, telling point with Ben was... Uh, in the second episode when uh, Jonathan asked Lockie about, you know, how, how are Ben and Henry fitting into the tribe? And yeah. you, get, you get the answer from, yeah, Henry's doing really well. I think he's really fitting into the tribe well. And there was, I mean, I'm sure he mentioned Ben, but it was just the editing. Yeah. They completely yeah. cut out his answer. And I think that just summed up Paul Ben. It's like, yeah, Henry's good. Um, that's it. Um, <laughs> I know, I know. But Ben's, yeah, and he's not the most gifted um, athletically either. I saw him in the challenge and he was like <laughs> tripping He's, he's living up to the name of Ben, let's be honest. I mean, uh, he's doing my name proud. That's generally probably how I'd play, so. <laughs> no, well, he's still there and um, we can't, it's, it's easy. It's that I found myself last night criticising and judging, which is so easy to fall in that trap. You know, when you're sitting on the sideline pointing at the TV, it's, you know, <laughs> it's it's not fair. I'm sure there's something um, going to emerge from Ben. Mm. Well, I mean, one thing that I hope at least might be the case is that he won't be the very first winner of Survivor called Ben. I want to take that mantle. So, um, Yay! <laughs> I would just say, come on, Ben, don't win this game. Um, so. But question, back to you. If you were playing, mm. who would you be? Like a Lockie last night when he was a tribal council, he was, you know, he's like the idealist. He's there and it's like, you know, I'm working hard. I'm making the fire. I'm really good at challenges. You should keep me around. Mm. You know, that's his basis for survival. But then AK is like, you know, um, he's really working the, the alliance and not doing any work on the fire and he's playing however you know in, in in a very different and aggressive way what would you play like if you were out there with all the knowledge that you have i'd, I'd like to think i'd be somewhere in the middle i'm probably going to be more of an ak than a Lockie. 
Um, <laughs> uh, and, I, and I think kind of that's generally how I'd go about it. I'd want to throw a bit of Luke in there because I'd like to think I'm a bit of a showman, uh, maybe not as big of a douche sometimes as Luke, but we'll yeah. get to him. Yeah. Um, but, um, <laughs> I called him a douche this week, not a dickhead. I got told off for calling him a dickhead last week. Um, oh. But, I mean, I, I would even throw a little bit of Jericho in there that I might be a little bit cray-cray if something doesn't go around my way. But uh, Oh, is that the one that put out the fire? Yes, yes. You're, you're, yeah. You get to see a bit of Jer- Jericho. <laughs> been interesting um with there was a whole storyline about two weeks ago where they 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 will have every now and then they'll kind of have a moral dilemma that a player has mm. to kind of face so uh on his tribe he was kind of walking through the jungle and there was a jar of cookies and a pile of wood and basically mm. he had to choose between taking a pile of wood back to his camp or keeping the cookies for himself uh, oh. And on the other tribe on Summertow, that's when Tarzan was still in. He did the noble thing. He's Tarzan. He was a he was an amazing character. I'm sad you got to miss him, actually. He was great. But uh, he took the wood back to camp. And he was a hero before promptly yeah. being voted out. Uh, whereas Jericho oh. chose the cookies. And then somehow we got this weird storyline where, even though it was kind of implied you weren't allowed to share the cookies, he then kind of pulled Luke in. I think he pulled in Henry from memory and was kind mm. of sharing cookies and saying, this is my secret cookie alliance. Um, and it was, oh. it was very weird. It's kind of gone nowhere and it was just a weird little uh, storyline. But yeah, at least you got to see Jericho put out a fire. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was really underhanded and stupid, but he, but he wanted to make a point. Yeah. And he didn't really make it because uh, he never said, I'm the one who put out the fire and these are the reasons why. And you can all, you know. Yeah. Well, but yeah, it was a shame that that soldier fellow went. He looked Mark. like he was quite yeah. nice. Yeah, no. Mark, Mark, sort yeah. of what happened with, uh, with Mark and um, his right-hand girl, Sam, who uh, in real life are, are actually still a couple, uh, they mm. were sort of perceived as the power couple on Asana and uh, with Henry and Jackie, they were kind of, you know, flying under the radar because they had won basically a bunch of challenges in a row, so they hadn't had to go into tribal council. Yeah. Uh, but then yeah. it was sort of tested and, you know, Mark and Sam went home, sort of loosely called out um, Jackie and, and Henry before obviously we had all this switch stuff happening this round. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was it, Mark was definitely somebody interesting who, uh, you know, I think could have done very well, but uh, sadly he had his number called out given that, um, yeah, you, you kind of don't really form these relationships in Survivor that might be perceived as a as a couple because, um, you know, we, we've seen that often that that can be very dangerous long term. Agree. Yeah. Agree. Mm. It's, it's, it's Sorry, interesting. I don't want you to have to backfill me in. No, I, I, I like it. Test my knowledge, yeah. Katie. It, 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 <laughs> make sure I'm watching as well. Like, uh, yeah. you know, going. I mean, one thing that I think is fascinating as well, like, as I mentioned, you sort of haven't really seen the show in, uh, in a long time. And, I mean, it's kind of interesting with someone like Jericho that I can actually mention the name Russell Hance to you, and you might, you probably have no idea who I'm talking about, do you? No. No, exactly. There you go. Every single person right now is going, wow, this is this is fun. Because to kind of clarify, Russell Hance, I guess, is a very infamous player in the US version. He played three times and he's kind of the quintessential... He ass- played three times. Three times. Like in... Wow. Yeah. And well, actually, I'll blow your mind even more. There are a few players that have played four times in the US version. Wow. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's a whole other kettle of fish. But uh, he basically was the, the asshole villain. He kind of did extremely villainous things along the way. And in the very first season he played, he kind of did similar thing to what Jericho did. He he burnt people's socks. He tipped water out of the camp. And his, his mindset was, 
I'm going to affect their minds mentally so I can control them because they're going to be affected by the fact that they've got no socks, got no water. So he kind of strategically was doing mm. shit behind their back, whereas Jericho was just pissed off. So Yeah, there wasn't a strategy really behind it. It was just, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which, um, he's a very interesting oh. guy for doing that. But, I mean, yeah, like, Russell Hance is... i tell you what, if you ever get the chance to have no life like me and go back and watch some of these US <laughs> versions, keep an eye out for Russell Hance because uh, when it comes to the Survivor fan community, no one often divides it as much as I say the words Russell Hance. Wow. Hmm. He sounds fantastic. Yeah. He's got his own podcast now as well. Can I just uh, point that out? If people weren't aware, the Russell Hance show is a thing. So, um, <laughs> you know, he's, 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 he's like sort of, you know, middle-aged sort of, uh, you know, really outgoing Southern American guy. He's, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a character, basically, is how I could uh, sell him. But uh, definitely, uh, he's, I, I believe he's covering Australian Survivor too, actually. So, um, yeah, keep an eye out oh, for that. Oh, wow. Yeah. I've got to talk to you about Henry. Um, now, obviously, yeah. um, what the big thing that happened in these double episodes, we had the big twist, which happened on Sunday night. We'll talk about that. But, uh, I mean, this kind of led to um, this swap where two people from Asanga had to pretty much volunteer almost to go across to, to Summertown. It was almost like a weird mutiny in some aspects, but not a mutiny mm. in others. So, obviously, Ben was quick to put his hand up. And I, I kind of thought, well, straight away, well, that's clever. Ben sort of knows he's probably on the outs a little bit. So, you know, he can go across to Summertown, try his hand. But the big shock, Henry... Mm. Now, he's in control of his tribe. He's got a power couple with Jackie... And in doing this, mm. he, he claims it's a strategic move. He can go across to Summertown, make moves with them, and kind of have both sides of the card here. I straight away said it, Katie. I put it out there on Twitter. Straight away, I'm like, this is like the dumbest move you can possibly make. I mean, you're going from the top of control in one tribe to trying it at the other. You're this close to a merge. You're risking mm. everything. You're putting all eggs Why? into one Why? basket to try this out. And as we saw, it had ripple effect because he got his number one ally voted out accidentally, I guess. I mean, from somebody who hasn't seen this game in a long time, the game, again, this wasn't happening in your season. How, how do you read into this? What did you think of Henry's move? Uh, well, the first thing I couldn't believe was that the tribe let him go. Mm. Uh, at the moment, they needed him, um, especially because they were inheriting two girls who weren't particularly strong um, physically. They're not going to be particularly good at the challenges. There is no way they should have let go of two males. Ben, fine. But Henry, I would not have let him go if I was in that tribe. I would have said, no, you're staying here. Who else is going? Mm. I don't know what his strategy was. Um, but yeah, he left Jackie high and dry. Um, but she, she kind of, in my view, um, she controlled her own destiny because she graded on people and, you know, for whatever reason, she put herself forward to kick the bloody football over the thing where she couldn't kick it half the distance. <laughs> you know, she kind of, um, that was, a, that was a critical mistake for her. She, she should have said, no, I, I don't have the strength to kick the football that far. And then so she put herself at, at risk. And, but I, I don't know what Henry's, Henry's um, agenda is to do that. It was really risky, but it paid off. Yeah, it's just, it's, I just cannot fathom it. I mean, I got into some lovely little debates on Twitter last night. Hello to everybody. I mean, it was fun, chat. It was all kind of, you know, in good fun. But it's just, I mean, mm. I just don't 
understand it, that you are in such a power position on one tribe. I mean, they, they mm. have to know they're close to a merge. I mean, I think kind of the real difference between Survivor now, Katie, and kind of when you played is I guess you pretty much knew that you're going to merge at, what, 9 or 10. It was kind of Correct. set yeah. in stone. Whereas nowadays yeah. it's, it's it's never 100% known because we generally have swaps and things like we've had. But, you know, usually mm. you're going to merge probably at about 14, 15 maybe, and you're at 16 now. So you're only one, two, three, four votes away from a merge. He has control. No one's targeting him. Even though they've been call- called out as a power couple, they're still not being targeted. As you said, he's strong for their tribe. He's been doing great in challenges. And his viewpoint is, oh, I'm going to go make way with the other tribe. He instantly alienated his number one Jackie. Other people are questioning it. Surely, like, if, if you're on a Sangharat there, if you're not even Jackie, if you're somebody else, you've got to think, well, Henry's a bit of a loose cannon. He's he's thinking about this, and sure, he's claiming he's doing it for us, but is he yeah. really? Because he's done this with no talking to us. He just put his hand up, didn't he? He didn't say, well, like, oh, was- let's talk about this strategically. No, it was really impulsive because he he didn't even he didn't foresee that uh, that that he that there was going to be an opportunity to jump ship. Yeah. And as soon as the opportunity came, he he took it. So I don't know if, if there was much. It just seemed to be an impulse decision. Like I, I yeah I I'd really like to know what his thinking was. I just and it's, and obviously straight away alongside AK. Uh, I mean, you you called out AK straight away as a player. Yeah. You know, having not seen yeah. this season at all, and we yeah. saw that with AK that basically he's like. I don't trust him. He did this for this reason. And kind of, yeah, we can see him kind of siding with Lockie. I mean, Lockie and Henry kind of, I guess, would go hand in hand slightly with just the type of players they are. But when you've got someone like AK who knows this game so well, Henry claims to know this game, but he really doesn't. I'm going to put this out there. I know you probably won't get this reference, Katie, but I'm going to say that Henry is like an Aussie in that Aussie was, you know, great in physical side of things. Henry's a little bit more social than Aussie ever was, but he just makes Mm. on-the-fly stupid decisions, which to me, I can never respect Aussie as a great player of Survivor overall, and this is what Henry's done. He's just done an on-the-fly stupid decision, and to me, this is like Aussie in South Pacific asking himself to get voted out to get sent to Exile Island. He's thinking long-term when really you're just not thinking it through properly, so... Yeah, it's just, it frustrated me as a fan because I was kind of, you know, on the fence with Henry. I wasn't a huge fan. I wasn't, you know, disliked the guy, but this just this just ruined his game. I don't know. I think you're, you're jumping to at ghost. I hope like I now. am in a way. I hope somebody can message yeah. me in a month and say, Ben, you were so wrong. And I'm like, I'll gladly say I am. But I kind of, I'm just putting this out there. I like to make the big calls here, Katie. And I'm saying right yeah. now, I think this is a dumb move. Yeah, it's possible. It's possible. They'll have to win their challenges for him to stay good. And frankly, you know, if they've got physical challenges coming up, they should continue to win. Yeah. Except they didn't. They lost that. They did. Yeah. Very, yeah. very close. I will say that uh, even with this this whole season, that both tribes have been very closely matched. Um, yeah, right. So we're kind of, I think we're now basically on the 50-50 spread in terms of um, the immunities won and lost. We are. Both tribes have won four. So, um, I mean, compared to your season, when obviously, dear old Tapara, you guys were uh, yeah. 
the kings out there in uh, Whaler's Way and poor little Kadena. <laughs> they yeah, tried. No. no, they tried. They just didn't come in there with the killer instinct. They they had the ability, but they just, yeah. Like we, I, I mean, I personally and, and Rob, I suppose, we did a lot of work preparing the tribe for the challenges and really like talking during the challenges to make sure that there was, we were doing everything possible to win. Not that it has to be said, but it does as well. Mm. And I guess, yeah. I mean, kind of just on that, I mean, when you've got someone like Rob in your tribe who obviously comes from a professional sporting background, I mean, yourself obviously come from a professional sporting background as well, but I guess Rob's is more a team-based one. So I guess, was he that person that really distilled that? Yourself helped in there, obviously, with your background as well, or were there any other people involved in Tapara that kind of joined in to really help that mentality? Yeah, um... Well, it's hard to speak with uh, about Rob when he's not here. But I, um, I don't know. I, I probably was more the ringleader in the challenges. And my, I mean, my background is is triathlon, but it's also basketball and netball. Right. So, uh, yeah. And I, and really, like, I'm so competitive. I just wanted to make sure that everybody was a hundred percent ready to fully attack, and given everything they had for each challenge. And so I, I made, um, I made people do mental rehearsal i made them talk to me about what their plan was <laughs> yeah wow no it's yeah like i remember in the auditions for it um you know at the time the the, the producers when they were auditioning us they said look katie you know you're you're a full-time um athlete you've been this way you know in, in institute of sports since you were 14 what are you going to do you're just going to you if you're not there with you're gonna you, you can only be as strong as your weakest player and I said to them in the auditions, absolutely not. Like, those, the people who are weaker must rise to the challenge. They must come up and, um, and meet the, the stronger players at their level. Wow. There is no going the other way. Yeah. Wow. You're making me want to be competitive all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you what, that, that challenge last night in the water, uh, or is it Sunday, in the water with the football? Yeah. Um, that was, I really loved that. I would have loved to have done it. And I felt that, like, people were, even though um, uh, Jonathan, the host, said, oh, you know, there are no rules, just get the ball through the hole. You know, I really would have been pulling up, you know, pulling people's hair and dunking them in and chopping them. In. You know, I didn't find that there was there was good aggression, but it could have gone to a whole another level. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is. I mean, this was a unique challenge. Just a, as a side note, again, props to the uh, the Australian Survivor uh, Challenge Department. This was another great challenge. But good we're, on, yeah. we're seeing similar ones on the US one where they've had to sort of collect items in the water, and there is often a lot more aggression than we saw in this one. But, um, I mean, I know I spoke to him. You and I sort of spoke on the weekend. We talked a little bit about the challenges, but and we talked to Lance about this the other week, of course, too. I mean, challenges in your season were obviously um, disappointing, to put that nicely. Um, I mean, were you, were you watching this going, wow, I really wish I could have had a challenge like this instead of trying to guess how heavy I am on a, on a set of scales? <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I mean. That's where I think the funding came in because these challenges, you know, I don't know how much that would have cost to put that football one up, but that, you know, let's just say that's a $100,000 challenge, mm. you know. So, so um, yeah, we had a couple of really good ones, a really good army assault one, but, mm-hmm. yeah, most of them were quite lame and that, that you know, uh, it, I, I, that was a pity for me because I, I preferred the more physical ones. Yeah, I mean, it's just... I, in rewatching it the other week, I, I couldn't like. I, I'm the type of person who recently, I think I've said a lot on this show, has kind of not 
paid too much attention to the challenge because I think the challenges have faded away a lot in Survivor as sort of mm. real strategy has kind of taken over. But, I mean, <laughs> the one thing I'll say about your season in terms of the challenges, they are extremely unique. I mean, you literally had a challenge where you had to drive a car. Uh, which yeah. I mean, has never been replicated in Survivor since, um, no. you know. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I think kind of that's definitely something that I can maybe try and find things to say that your season is a lot better on a third viewing, but the challenges, not so much. No, not so much. Yeah, obviously that was a stunt to get the car some airtime or whatever. They did a deal with the sponsor, but that was pretty bad. I remember mm. that challenge. And dear old Sylvan um, getting uh. that card, what, didn't know how to drive or something ridiculous like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. my goodness what i mean one thing i have to say uh i mean we're talking about henry's sort of move and kind of what's happening for him one person that actually the the downside to you watching this week is that mm. luke now luke was yeah. actually fairly calm this week compared to what we've oh. seen him and somehow luke has basically become in control of a sunga like he was on the outs, because he was kind of with the Mark side of things, and they were trying to work out their way how they were going to, uh, you know, flip things around. And mm. lo and behold, a switch happens. Anything can happen in Survivor. Game changes overnight. And with um, dear old Tara and Annalise uh, siding with Luke's alliance, Luke's in a power position. How does this happen? Um, what was your take on Luke seeing him in these two episodes? Uh, I just... He's an affable and um, uh, kind of... <laughs> Uh, you know, uh, he, I love how you're trying to find the words to describe him. That that sums up Luke pretty well. Yeah, he's just like he's like a puppy dog. He's like you yeah. know, just you're jumping around and big eyeballs. And uh, I think, um, yeah, I don't know. I I mean, his time his time will be numbered. He, he's not a he's not a super bright guy. I don't mean to say that badly, but um, he's got the physical the physicality. But yeah, he will get outsmarted uh, at some stage pretty soon. I'd say. Yeah, it's I love that's the nicest way of describing him. Here I am usually calling him a douche or a dickhead, and you're just like he's not the brightest guy. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe he might be smarter. I think his his English is a bit lacking sometimes. So grammatically, he's not that. Strong. <laughs> There's a lot of yous in this season, like yous guys yeah, are yous, doing this. Yous Between guys, him and Tara, oh we're God. getting a lot of yous guys. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's, um, um, it's, it's, it's even fun when Channel 10 actually subtitle it as yous, and then on their Twitter account, they point out that, yes, we deliberately subtitled it as yous guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Mm. Um yeah, but I, I don't know. What stood out to me? I suppose Jackie got a lot of airtime last night because um, she got the, the snuff. But uh, I found her strategically – Like I find uh, it's the 50-plus people that need to be careful about being 50-plus. Like, they, they get that sort of I'm 50 smug sort of um, thing about them uh, where they, they're the purveyors of all knowledge and they know how to do things better than everyone else and they're smart than all the young kids and and really it's I don't know I, I felt I felt that a bit little a little reminiscent and I, I like Shona but I felt I felt her grating on the younger people which was me at the time because you know you couldn't cook rice without her giving you a, you know a hand at, at, at what how to cook rice the best possible way mm. and yeah I just felt that um, when I saw um, uh, what's his name? Luke and Ben and, and a couple of the other contestants talking about how grating she was 
Uh, I think, I don't know. It's, it's, it's interesting. I'm just thinking out aloud. Well, yeah. no, that's fine. That's what we, we, we hope you can do that, Katie. I mean, it actually it ties in well. One of our listener questions, actually, which I'll get to now because I think this fits in perfectly well with what we're talking about right now. Yeah. Um, Gary Chase actually said, uh, with Jackie gone, only Kent is the oldest player left. Apart from Amy, yeah. every boot so far this season has been 30 or over. And Gary yeah. says, does age really play a role in Survivor or is this just coincidence that all the over 30s are going home early? No, it absolutely does. The young is, um, uh, I think the older people seem to be marginalised because, uh, you know, uh, young, I don't know, young people tend to gravitate together. But um, the pr- problem, I mean, I, in, in that, it, it, and it's not a young person's game. It's a, I reckon the best age to play it, uh, at 24 I played it, and I felt that I could see... Um, only only some of what was going on. And I, and I felt that the older people, Shona and Rob, uh, could uh, see a lot more and they could interpret a lot more and they weren't as reactive and they didn't worry about stuff and they let things unfold. Mm. Um, but the older people can annoy you because they do, they do have this, you know, I'm wise, I'm old, and that there's a smugness about it. Like, for example, when Jackie was... Uh, talking tribal council she was saying you know i'd be really disappointed if if someone who was floating won the game uh because that's not the way to play it you've got to really play it and then sarah and credit to her stood up and said well just a minute if you're floating you know you're still you're making a decision to float and you're still strategically doing it and you don't have to be you know see i just felt that yeah i don't know i the older people can be annoying because they think they're smarter than everyone it's, else. It's an interesting kind of thing to kind of look in how Australian survivors generally work because, I mean, it, it seems to be a 50-50 spread in the US one that sometimes you will have a season where older contestants dominate the game. And it, it's kind of it's mm. not a bigger deal in the US one. I mean, thinking back to, again, I, I know this reference you won't sort of get, Katie, but, I mean, Philippines, for example, that, I mean, that was the oldest tribal council. I think each of those people were in their <laughs> 40s and over 50. So, I mean, that's kind yeah. of a, a rare occasion. But just looking at the history of Australian survivors, I mean, last season, uh, you know, it was only Lee and Elle who were over 30 kind of in that final eight or so. Um, you know, everyone else was in their 20s. Even your season, obviously, you know, you look uh, at your uh, final. I mean, your final two, obviously, was slightly older. But, I mean, there's obviously reasons with that. But before Shonya and Rob, I mean, you were 24, Joel was 22, Sophie 30, mm. Jane 18. I mean, yeah. you know, that, that final um, six, uh, you know, you've only kind of got those two people there. I mean... Having said that, though, on the flip side, someone like Jane on your season, 18 years old, is, is 18 too young to play Survivor? Uh, well, I, I don't know, not necessarily, but um, Jane was a quintessential floater. She had uh, no strategy. She had no particular, um, you know, it, it, uh, I don't know. She just came along for the ride and was used at, at as, as she was needed. Mm. But, you know, some 18-year-olds are really quite um, bright and strategic and they're thinkers. Jane's not a thinker. But, you know, so that she, she was, uh, yeah, she, I mean, she, she played her, 
her part, but she certainly didn't think that much out there. I think I think quintessential floater with strategy uh, again. <laughs> the reference you won't get, but I mean last year's winner, Christy. Uh, spoiler alert there if you wanted to go back and, and watch it. There. Ah. Sorry, Katie, <laughs> but uh, I mean she, I guess, for large portions of the game, couldn't do anything. She was kind of just there to be there. But um, mm. and I think, but she, the thing that I will say, I, I'm not necessarily the biggest fan of Christy's win, but she did defend her strategy at the end uh, when she was in tribal council. She owned her tribal council and basically, as you were saying there with like Sarah, how she was explaining, you can be a floater and strategically float. And that's mm. what Christy basically said at the end. She's like, well, yeah, I didn't make moves. Yeah, I didn't do this. But strategically, I was always there. I was always voting with the majority. I was always around when people needed me. And mm. lo and behold, you underestimated me. Here I am at the end, and this is what I did, and I'm going to win this game. And she did. So, <laughs> you know, I mean, that's I mean, that's one thing I would definitely give props to Christy before. She is that strategic floater. That could be a new thing that we can uh, we can trademark here on the Oz Network. The <laughs> yeah, strategic we floater. Can, <laughs> we can coin it. Uh, that's right. Because I mean, the the higher you fly, you know, well, the closer you fly to the sun, right? The the, the more you get burned. And if yeah. you're staying out of the sunlight, away down. Here, uh, it's absolutely. I mean, everybody knows that that can be a really good strategy. And that's but the, the thing yeah. is, I was going to say um, that people, even though you like all the rules go out the window, um, people still. And I heard it last night. They still bring their own ideals into the game of what they will do, what they won't do, what others should do, how they should play. Um, and the, the, I, I think. Um, I think I, I did that as uh, too, but I, um, and I think there is a set. I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say. It's honor amongst thieves. I think is what I'm trying to say. At what is uh, where that the floaters can um, can work. It, 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 that that strategy can work for them if if they um, if they stay with the thieves and they, and they stay true to the thieves. And I don't know. I think I know what you're trying to say because I think the thing that. Um that if you kept watching this, Katie, and you kind of, you know, went back and watched some other seasons, I think the thing that you'll find a lot with Survivor now is there's always these players who come out and, you know, they're, they're fans of the show, they think they know everything, and they're always about these big moves. Uh, you know, I think it was mm. Luke even said in one of his confessionals, I'm waiting to make my move, I'm trying to do this, which, okay, I understand. Uh. But, th- but there are some players who are just, they go out there, they think Survivor's all about blindsiding and Survivor's all about, you know, idols and all this sort of stuff, and it is for many aspects of the game it is but as you learnt with Survivor over any season no matter what version you're watching of the show there are a hundred different ways to win the game and it's a yeah. lot of the time it is these sort of floaters or people who kind of stay back and wait to make their move and I think one thing that I give your season props for which I think it's very underrated is that people always say Season one of Australian Survivor had no strategy. Rob just won because he was the most liked. If you watch, I mean, you did not like Rob. Are you joking? That cancels out that argument because watch that last episode with you berating Rob. But, like, even early on in your season, watching you, you're out there making, you know, efforts and moves, you know. Uh, Are they joking? I'm, tell- I'm telling you, I don't know what episode it was, mm-hmm. but I had a piece of paper. Rob, for his luxury item, brought a piece of paper up pad and a pen and that was his luxury item that he brought um i think it was like the fourth day or the fifth day after i'd assessed who was who who was on the other tribe what people's strengths and weaknesses were i plotted a full tree diagram of who was going off on what day wow and 
and I don't know, Rob may have kept that piece of paper or not, but it's definitely on the show. Um, and that strategy happened down to the second last day. Wow. There you yeah. go. Each person in order and no, no, no. There, there was, I, I didn't, frankly, in, in our tribe, there wasn't much strategy going on. I don't know what was happening in Kandina. But, like, honestly, half the people in our tribe were there for, like, an outward-bound experience, which I found pretty offensive for everybody who wanted to be on Survivor, who tried out. Uh, and, and and I just felt some of the performance and the strategy just wasn't up to it, I, especially with Lucinda, for example, how she took herself off on day two. Mm. I found that offensive when people like you would give anything to have the opportunity and to be so dis uh, delusioned that, you know, she couldn't understand that she didn't have what it takes even to make it past day two. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, I mean, it's th that that really fascinates me for you to tell me about that sort of tree situation because I, I think kind of the one thing, like, that I really got out of watching it recently again is there is strategy. And I know that a lot of people who will make that argument probably haven't seen your show in a long time because, again, it has such a bad reputation uh, uh, really until the last episode. But, I mean, I think kind of, as I keep saying with it now, and I feel so weird defending your season after I was one of these people who necessarily wasn't that kind on it for a while. But yeah. I, think it, I think it's kind of one of these things out after it's enough time has passed that you can just, again, <laughs> appreciate it for what it is because it is very similar like you i think you said to me that you'd watched maybe a couple of the u.s uh, episodes before you went out and played i think it's yeah. kind of if you go back and watch borneo or australian outback it's such a different show to watching the brand new seasons of the u.s ones because they're, they're vastly different in how the game's played and i think that's what people need to take from your season because learning that aspect from you i could see obviously even through the edit that you're still having strategy rob's got strategy shona's got strategy i mean it, it's still you guys are still playing the game it's just done in a different way that maybe people aren't used to and also the aspect of the fact is that we're australian we're not american we have a different way about doing things like that well, absolutely, and you, it, it, that's, the, that's the delicacy of the game. You, you, I mean, people say, oh, all you've, all you've got to do is lie and blindside people, but you've got to be so careful about that because yeah. if you do lie and you get found out, then the Aussies will come, well, they'll come running for you, you know, so you can't get people offside, but you do have to lie, but you've got to be so damn careful because as soon as you get caught out, you're gone. Mm. And so, I mean, you I, know, there's playing the game, playing the game is is going delicately. And I've, I've got to well, mention it, though, on that on that topic, obviously, Katie. I mean, because, I mean, uh, you were obviously renowned for your little last episode rant and kind of what happened. I mean, the thing yeah. is, it's, it's the emotional side of things, too, and just obviously the connections you make. I mean, we all know kind of how it, it plays out. I mean, I don't know the absolute depths of it all because I've never played the game, but from analysing it enough, obviously, I can understand it. Yeah, but, you're in that position out there. You're out there for, you know, uh, 37 days you were on the show for. And obviously those those emotions, it really came out full force. I mean, as I keep saying to people, if you're not willing to sit through the entire season, just watch the last episode because there is not any last episode like it in Survivor history to just see your rant at Rob. <laughs> I know it's been 15 oh, years. God. I know you were asked to death about this, no doubt, when that season aired. But, I mean, even 15 years later, can you look back on that and just get yourself in that moment and just realise how worked up you were? Because you are oh, at the yeah. point, Katie, where you were willing to kill one of them. I know. <laughs> I was really pissed off and I was looking for a way out. And, honestly, it did occur to me that, look, 
I, I just I ran out of options. I couldn't convince um, uh, Dickhead Joel, and I <laughs> I couldn't convince Sean, and I couldn't convince Rob, and he's turned his back on me. But that, that's the thing. That was my biggest mistake. I did take an honour amongst thieves mentality. And, you know, you want to see the best person win, who, who wins a challenge, who does all the hard work. And ideally you want that. Um, and I felt that um, Rob and I and perhaps Shona were quite quite strong and either one of us would be a deserving winner. Um, but I, I just um, – I, I wanted us to fight it out to the end, not, not to um, – uh, yeah, and so that the, the I did, couldn't radically accept it, and I'm not a good loser. I never was, even as a small child playing any game with my brother. I would hit the roof if um, I was losing. I, blood would just boil, and I'd throw up the Monopoly board. And did you call them yeah. gutless wonders and dumb as dog shit? <laughs> Absolutely, like it's, it's not. I mean, it's not something I'm proud of. It's not that I'm like a John McEnroe. It's just something. <laughs> I'm just not a good loser, and um, and that's that's why I'm a great competitor because I do everything necessary. I do everything possible, but when I lose, you know. Look, I, I would be the same. I honestly would be the same, and I've always yeah. said that. And I think that my, my thing is that um, if I ever got to play this game, I, I, I know, again, vastly different to when you played the game. I'm sure you at any point were not thinking of the edit and what would be good for TV viewing. Uh, no. But I, I would want to go out and kind of just... Um, just lose my shit, but do it in a way that uh, it's kind of like, oh, remember Ben? He's the one who punched Jonathan LaPaglia in the yeah. head as he got his toys yeah. out. <laughs> I know, I know. I wish I did something fabulous like that. Instead, I was just ranting and carrying on. I just wished I shut up. It was too much. It was really much too much. It's seriously, though, and I'm, I'm, I'm honestly not just saying this because I got you online. I was saying this to Lance the other week, and I've said it on all other episodes, but just the, the way that last episode is done, and it's like, I know it's probably very uncomfortable for you to watch when you're kind of mm. seeing it, having to relive that, but just even the way it was edited, like, I remember there was a kind of that shot where you had a cameraman just sort of following you as you were obviously storming away from camp. You're yeah. crying. You're so emotional. That led yeah. to that, you know, infamous confessional where you sort of yeah. turn away and go, I wonder if I could kill one of them. Um, I mean, it was yeah. just, it was so uniquely put together, which I think really does stand out. I'd, I have to ask the question, though, Katie. I'm sure everybody's been wanting to know this for 15 years would you legitimately have killed one of them if you could have uh no but um it it definitely did occur to me and i i i you know that's sleep deprivation that's me unwilling to give up um but you know i'm i'm not a psychopath as such it's just i definitely wouldn't have killed but i just i was desperate i needed to find i didn't want to lose and i said yeah the um executive director when i marched off this ship and but he just put his hand on my back and said katie you know we couldn't have scripted that any better ourselves mm. <laughs> you know that performance but he also said to me he said i'm sorry to sell i'm going to tell you this straight away unless you've come you've you've um fallen down at the 11th hour and we've already decided that you will be the villain of survivor this year mm. 
And and I just and I sort of thought there's no way you could make me out to be the bad guy. I didn't do or say anything bad. <laughs> <laughs> you kind of can't avoid it when you're calling someone dumb as dog shit and threatening to kill people, though. Oh, well. <laughs> I don't know how you can put a fluffy edit around that. <laughs> Remember that endearing lady who threatened to kill people? Wasn't she fun? <laughs> but no, I mean, it was, it was, it was unique, just an idea. Though. I didn't threat to kill anyone. Oh, that, that's very true. You didn't. But, uh, I mean, we were very entertained by it, Katie. And I actually, I think I said to Lance a few weeks ago that um, if, if I get you on the show, I have to somehow get you to call me as dumb as dog shit because I actually take that as an honour, uh, believe it or not. <laughs> so at any point in this episode, you want to say, Ben, you're as dumb as dog shit, I will uh, oh. gladly take that on board. <laughs> oh, that's funny. It's not very becoming. I wish I didn't say that. No, quite uh, one thing. One thing I have to ask. Not though, very ladylike. No, no. Well, one thing I have to ask though, just to obviously not dwell on it. I mean, again, I know it's yeah. been fifteen years since it happened, but I mean, what generally yeah. was the reaction from the public? Like when people, you know, came came up to you and saw you, or you know, were oh. you were you hated? Did people say like, oh, you know, you weren't that bad? I mean, generally, what did people think of you back in two thousand and two? Yeah, no, I was hated. Uh, yeah, I, like I would, for example, I would go for a jog down the street and people would wind down their windows and throw stuff at me oh, wow. from out of their windows. Yeah, and, um, uh, you know, just walking along, I remember walking along Chapel Street one night and um, I could just hear whispers of, oh, there's that bitch from Survivor and uh, they'd come up to you and like, oh, you're that cow on Survivor. Wow. So, yeah, I just... Uh, and I got a lot of like hate mail, and um, I remember on the uh, website there was the internet back then, but on the website I had two percent popularity. Two percent, um, wow! Yeah, I know. Wow, which I was really uh, surprised. I, I'd never been hated as such, and uh, it just seemed uh, unfair, and um, and. It was it was unexpected to have so much hatred. Mm. Like if you're Pauline Hans or whatever, you get <laughs> used to it. You, you kind of expect that wherever you go. But this is like really me. You you hate me. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I mean yeah. It's, it's kind of it's just it's so interesting to think that that kind of comes from watching the edit that people see, and particularly as you were saying yeah. how. Even when you had the producers coming up to you saying, you're going to be the villain, and you're like, well, hang on a minute. Yeah. Did I do anything villainous until that last episode? So, I mean, yeah. it's, it must, that must have been but interesting. It's also the amazing things that I did that were not shown. Yeah. Like on a couple of the challenges, um, I, you know, I, I, I just – it was, you know – uh, particularly a couple of the water challenges, uh, the the work that I did, so, so that our team won, and and even our, I'm sure my team members would testify um, that you know, uh, but I just was never shown or portrayed in a way that that I was a hero. It was only that that yeah that I was a cow. So just which is yeah. I mean that's that's how it went, and yeah, I, I did suffer um, in the streets for um, a year, a couple of years. Wow, wow. When was when? I think I asked you this the other day when we spoke on the phone. Mm. But I mean, when would have been the last time somebody recognised you from? <laughs> I mean, I'm guessing it would have been a while. Uh, people recognise my voice now, uh, or and even um, it, it, it's been yeah a while. Uh, I think it's. I don't know, it lasted about five years or so. And even when you'd say, to, people say, oh, I know you, we went to school together. <laughs> you say, no, I don't think we did. <laughs> um, <laughs> you got one of those faces. <laughs> I, was on, I was on TV at one stage. 
oh, no, it's definitely not that. I know we know each other. <laughs> okay. Well, you ring me when you work it out. Yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden you get a phone call. Oh, you said you were dumb as dog shit on so You were on TV. I remember that now. Uh, <laughs> oh, I can't believe I said that. I mean, Rolf's not as dumb as dog shit. I mean, that's what a bad loser I am. I start making it personal. Mm, well, the, the thing that, I mean, I really appreciate about that last episode too is I think that the reunion, the way that was done was so fascinating. I mean, I kind of, it's weird that the US version kind of does what the Australian version did back then. I mean, with Eddie kind of talking in between the commercials, getting you guys out on stage and all that while the episode was airing. Jeff Probst does that yeah. now in the US version. Um, I mean, right. during that era, I mean, was everything kind of sorted out afterwards between yourself and Rob? And I mean, was that done at the reunion? Was that done after the, the season had wrapped? I mean, did you kind of come together and talk it all out? Yeah, well, we weren't allowed to be in touch with each other from after um, the, the the show was shot and we weren't allowed to make contact with each other until after the, the final episode, which I think is about two months' time. Uh, so I hadn't spoken to Rob, seen, done anything with him since I got voted out. And so... Uh, I, you know, I wasn't holding a grudge, but I was still pissed off, mm. absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so I can imagine then when you kind of see him, it's like, Rob, <laughs> let's talk about yeah, this. Yeah, <laughs> it was like, hey, yeah, but, you know, he's, he's, he's such a nice man that you can't hold a grudge against the guy. And it was my fault that I lost. I fully accept that. I just, yeah, mm. um, I just wish, you know... Uh, uh, I wish I won that last challenge that I blew. Mm, yeah, so, but that's that. Would have been extremely uh, different. We'll talk. We'll talk a little bit more about that after. I mean, going obviously back to kind of watching these episodes um, this week. One, one person I'm I'm sad you didn't get to see a lot of uh, in these two episodes is Ziggy because I, I see a lot of um, you in Ziggy in terms of you know she's obviously professional athlete herself. Um, she's very uh, you know, she's great in challenges. Um, she, mm. she, for the most part, is liked by a tribe. I mean, you, you were liked by your tribe, Katie. I mean, we should yeah, point that yeah. out. Uh, I mean, <laughs> did, did you pay any attention to Ziggy? Because I think we sort of did have a bit of a discussion about her before you watched these episodes. And um, Yeah, I was interested to see her um, being an Olympian. And, and so I know water polo. I know how they train. These are tough, tough people. They do a lot of, like, heart rate threshold training in, in the water swimming. And it's um it's it's a pretty uh a, well it's an extremely aggressive game, and I I was actually not disappointed by her but I was really impressed by Sarah mm. who hooked up with her in uh, they kind of paired up in in the football um, swimming uh, challenge and Sarah was able to contain her uh, I don't know how. This, so, this was, like the, this was a starring episode for Sarah. Can we just point it out? I mean, she, she. I mean, it's not like she was completely invisible. She was no Ben or a debt out there. We'd seen her, but uh, I mean, that yeah. tribal council last night. Uh, she owned that, and I mean, you were obviously talking about her discussions about the sort of the floating and that sort of side of things. But yeah. we saw a side of Sarah last night that I feel that um, is going to put her in, in good stead for the rest of this uh, season. I agree. Like, uh, she had a couple of intelligent things to say. Like, she's, it's hard. You kind of judge her because she's beautiful. Um, but I found her to be quite, quite smart and measured. And the way she contained Ziggy in that 
um, water challenge. I couldn't believe it. Like Ziggy couldn't get away from her, which is where I was like, Ziggy, why aren't you pulling her hair? Why aren't you slapping her in the face? What? <laughs> you know, we see how you would have played it, Katie. Uh. Exactly. Like you guys said there were no rules. As long as you're not maiming somebody, then just do what you need to do. But she, she got her. Sarah really shut her down. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting when they say no rules because, I mean, I, I would think that there should be more of that. I, I think there is kind of the unwritten rule that you can't physically harm someone. So maybe they'll say like, oh, you can't slap them in the face during the chat. I don't know. Maybe they could. Really? Um, But like if someone had you in a grip, you would kind of like karate chop their arm or or pull their ear off. You would do whatever, (laughs) you know, like in that really hurt them. Um, we we need not. to see you back in this game, in that challenge. Uh. <laughs> I know. I just thought, come on, you know. <laughs> Chop the bitch. Come on. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's Sarah. Like, it's not a beauty pageant, no. seriously. You know. <laughs> That's very true. Um, I mean, yeah. Sarah, yeah, just I just couldn't believe that she kind of showed this side of her. And, I mean... I, I, I'm pretty sure from memory I said my pregame winner was Annalise. And, I mean, okay. I thought she was gone, clearly, with this twist um, yeah. on Sunday. Why did you think Annalise? Uh, she didn't seem anything. In pregame, her, her bio read quite well. Um, okay. And just kind of, I, I feel in our preview episode, we had uh, Andrew who was on last season and we kind of both agreed we felt like a female would win this season. There'd be someone sort of in the background that might have come through, I guess, that strategic floating kind of mm. thing. Um, and she was the one who stood out to me kind <laughs> of based on her background. I believe she had, um, I can't even remember too much from her background now, but uh, I think she like lost a lot of weight. She'd gone through About a lot 35 of- 35 like, kilos. Yeah, and she'd now. gone through a yeah. lot of challenges to That's kind of get to it. Mentally, I thought that kind of, I mean- Having struggled with weight loss my entire life, I know the mental, yeah. you know, side of things when it comes to overcoming yeah. that. So, I just kind of liked her standing out, and kind of recently, I'd sort of been on the Ziggy bandwagon as somebody who I think to watch out for. But after last night, mm. I think Sarah's definitely a real smoky at this point. I'm still, I'm still feeling a female will win this season, Katie. Um, yeah. But I just, I just am trying to work out which one of that might be. I, I don't think it's going to be a debt. I don't think it's going to be Tara. No. Um, so I'm kind of. Ken's not bad though. Like Ken's very I love like. Ken. Um, Kenny's awesome. He's not offensive. He doesn't irritate people. He's a level-headed guy. And he's strong, and he's got a good arm. He did really well in both the challenges. You you missed out on uh, one of the greatest um, lines from him in the very first episode. <laughs> he said he was going to have his dickhead strategy, which basically was stay close <laughs> to the dickheads because then I will look great. So um, oh, that, uh, that, that that's, that's smart bad. if you think about it. So well, do you know? Like he's he's a businessman, and and he's he's fifty. He's seen a lot. He's met a lot of people. He's met a lot of different characters and you know we're in business which is what the younger people won't have experienced much is getting rolled by other people in real life Mm. and i certainly when i did the show i'd never been rolled by anyone and uh i i couldn't pick it i couldn't see it coming and so, but Kent will be able to see that but just because of his life experience. Yeah, and I mean, the thing that's really good with Kent too is uh, in the very first episode, it was him or Joan. It was That was a 50-50 spread. He survived, Joan went home. Um, mm. And kind of since then, obviously, we know obviously Asanga didn't lose for a while, but I mean, he hasn't been targeted. I assume he will be maybe a target should they lose next week, given that he was sort of aligned with Jackie. But uh, I mean, even then, kind of as we were mentioning before, we're that close to a merge. If he can survive one or two, 
You yeah. know, he's going to kind of... He should be right. Yeah, well, I mean, because you're going to be targeting your Lockies, you're going to be targeting, you know, your Henrys, your AKs, you know, these sort of, these guys that are out there. what about Peter? He's so unassuming. Peter, Peter's kind of just had his... He was sort of involved uh, early on in the blind side when Amy went home. Uh, I mean, I think Peter definitely can hold well strong too. Strong swimmer. Strong swimmer. He's socially, he seems to fit in quite well on, on many side of things. And somebody... Yeah. The only downside I would say to Peter is, I guess, based on how Survivor generally is edited now, there is often a a whole sport in reading the edit. So you can kind of tell when a person's going to not win the game and kind of how far. I think Peter will go fairly deepish into the game. I just don't feel the edit is strong enough that he can win it. Um, (laughs) That's kind of what I'm reading into it. Again, prove me wrong, people. But... um, I, no. That's what I would say with Peter's only downside to him perhaps being a winner. Someone also out there like Jared, who he's there, people, believe it or not. Uh, but, I mean, he, we really haven't seen a lot of Jared recently enough to maybe show that he can win this game. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. That's, that's how I would read into it. I mean, one thing actually, I mean, we mentioned the twist with sort of Annalise there. We've got to talk about the twist. Um, yeah. I... It's frustrating as a Survivor fan, and this is where I'm going to be very intrigued to see what you thought about it, because I'm sure you'll have a very differing view, given that, again, you haven't watched this show in a long time. I will stand by the fact that I think Survivor is a one-episode-a-week show. It is not a multi-episode-a-week show, particularly when you need to have non-elimination episodes like this. I just think it falls flat. I think this is where the Australian version of Survivor just fails, and I just I just am not a fan of this. I mean, you get in such a build-up. You're getting so into an episode. Oh, here comes this great vote-out. It's going to happen. Oh, we've got this twist. Two people are going home. Oh, this is epic. Oh, just kidding. No, you're going to Exile Beach. You're both still in the game. It's just it just falls terribly flat. It's it's unnecessary. <laughs> I just do not like it. It's not me saying this because I wanted Tara and Annalise to go home. I realise Tara is hated by the fans and everybody was annoyed. Why is she hated? She's a she's an interesting character. <laughs> she I, I guess she's hated because she kind of likes to say one thing but she acts differently. She's a bit of a hypocrite, people uh, are saying. Um, oh. She was in power for a long time in Summertower with Lockie. Now that she's on the bottom, she's basically saying a lot of things which kind of she was doing a few episodes ago. So herself, yeah. Right. I mean, look, I'm I'm on the fence with Tara. I I don't dislike mm. her. I don't love her. She's She's Tara. You know, I think she's an endearing person. But I just, this twist, mm. I just I just don't like it. We knew it was coming. We knew there was going to, this happened last season. If there's 26 episodes, we know that there has to be at least two non-elimination episodes. Sadly, we've had one of them. Katie, mm. did, did you like it? Did you, did you think this worked? I mean, what's kind of your viewpoint on Survivor having a non-elimination episode? Uh... I I was surprised. I was shocked. I was like, "Wow, this is intriguing! I can't believe they're doing this." And I I went with it. I must say, I I didn't feel like it has to be in in a strict format because I just you know in Survivor there there are no rules. There's a format, but there can be a twist at any time. And I I quite enjoyed it. I was like, it was unexpected. And look, these two have um, dodged a bullet. And and then when Henry went over, it was like, what the hell's going on? Mm. So, but I can see where it that it blows your thinking, and and what you think is 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 unfolding just blows it all out of the water, and you have to reassess everything. It just. 
it's interesting reading some of the criticisms online about it because I, I feel that ah. compared to last, because similar thing sort of happened last year where there were three tribes at the beginning of last season and two of them mm. went to tribal council. They voted out, uh, that was the Nick episode, I believe, but then instead of, they kind of played it up a little bit more in the fact that they then swapped then and there in tribal council, whereas this, the way this was, I guess, edited and put out, it was kind of, you sort of knew there was going to be a twist because the commercials had kind of led up to them saying, oh, and they won't expect this happening at Tribal Council, you know what I mean? Like the dramatic sort of ad yeah, they have. Yeah. But it was kind of, my, my take on that was, oh, they won't expect that two people are getting voted out. At that point, yeah. I thought, well, that's a bit unfair on Annalise. Um, it's similar to there was a, a twist, I think it was Cook Islands, it was called the message in a bottle twist, where basically the tribe had been, they'd voted someone out, they had this bottle with a note in it, they read the note and it basically said, oh, by the way, you have to vote someone else out again. It gave them no time to strategize, mm. and uh, somebody was voted out promptly and it was kind of unfair on them. I thought this was very similar to that until we found mm. out, oh, no, you're not out they of the game. Going. See ya, yeah. go to Exile Beach. Well, <laughs> you know what I found interesting? There's supposed to be an anonymous vote and when Ziggy kind of yelled out Annalise. That's new- where it's changed. Katie, this is where the game has like you even before when you were saying how you weren't allowed to talk uh, to Rob or that for two months after yeah. the game. I mean, if you keep watching this show, you will notice that even the jury, like Lance was describing this a few weeks ago, obviously you were segregated from the other jury members, you weren't allowed to talk to each other. And you, there was no discussion. It's it's different now. Uh, you are you oh. are basically living in a house together. In the US version, at least, they have what's called Ponderosa, and they actually film it, and you can watch it online, where all the jury members are interacting with each other. And basically, there's open votes in terms of that the jury members discuss who they're going to vote for. So therefore, it's basically always a blowout at the end. One person always usually wins unanimously. Oh. So it's it's that's where it's different. And like as you were saying, like with the the loud talking of the voting, that was unique. I'm voting for Annalise. Like that generally doesn't happen. But in the U- in the US version, <laughs> a, a real trend recently oh, has been open discussion in tribal where people are whispering to each other. They're talking about voting, who they're going to do this. And Jeff Probst usually sits there with this big grin on his face going, wow, look at all this. They're strategizing right next to you. Uh, whereas obviously I think back when you played, there was a lot more stricter rules about when you couldn't talk and things like that. Yeah, it's, it's very overt now like yeah and i thought ziggy's maneuver was hysterical and and clever um but i didn't i didn't think it should have been allowed because i don't know i just felt that the concept was that it's it's an anonymous vote that's why you put it on paper that's why you whisper to the camera yeah yeah (laughs) but yeah that was really clever of her it's um yeah it was it was a very unique kind of how it was sort of done i mean just on tara what was your take on her? You know, putting aside, obviously, I've just told you that social media, people out there generally hate her. But, I mean, what was your take oh. on her just from what you saw? I don't find her hateful. Um, I just I just uh, don't find her that that bright or that, I don't know. I, I just... She's kind of in the middle. I just... She was just like a, she's like a, I shouldn't say it, but it's say awful. It. It's, but she seems like an also-ran. Like, she's, she's, she's not going to, she's not going to, um set the world alight mm-hmm. with, with the game that she's playing, no. Mm, I, I see her as, uh, I guess what many people say in Survivor, as a goat, basically taken to the <laughs> end. She's going to be an easy person to get votes against. Um, and, look, I don't necessarily know if she'll make it that far, but it wouldn't surprise me. And, and again, that's no disrespect to Tara. Tara's doing what she can do. Uh, she's just had the game sort of turn against her a little bit. But, I mean, 
I see some of these comments against her uh, and, like, again, social media, all is fair in love and social media. Mm. But, I mean, sometimes it's just it's interesting to read what uh, people say about it. Kind of going back to your situation, you'd know it all too well, kind of what you were saying before. I mean, people are just watching this on an edit. They, they don't know you in real life. I mean, they, they're just seeing what, uh, you know, Channel 10 is showing to show of Tara. So it's a bit harsh yeah. to maybe get a bit personal on a character when you don't know this person. No, but they do. I, I'm sure they're they're um, they're showing you and the, the the editors are showing you in the context of that. But they, you are getting a true sense of the person because you are still you're still seeing their facial expressions. Nobody's putting words in your mouth, but it's also how you interpret what you just saw. For example, on one episode, um, I was. I was upset and, and um, people were abandoning a ship and it was like, you know, the second last episode or something. And I, I was so upset and I, I, I was so tired and I was so hungry. And I just said, I really just want to see my dad right now. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the people that knew me thought, oh, my God, that's so lovely. She's got such a nice dad. And, of course, she was. But everyone else in Australia was like, oh, she's born with a silver spoon in her mouth. Mm. And, you know, she wants to see her daddy boo-hoo. <laughs> like, you know, it's, 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 I don't know, it's partly also your, your prejudices and your perceptions of of um, what you're looking at. Yeah, yeah. That's a very good way of putting it. And I, I kind of realised that it's just as I was saying the words out of my mouth and I'm saying about, oh, it's a bit unfair to criticise this person when I'm basically calling Luke a dickhead every week. So, um, uh, I, I don't know <laughs> <Yeah>. Luke. <laughs> no, you don't know Luke, but God, he says some silly things and he's a bit of a goofball and yeah. shaving his balls. Like, that, <laughs> was in poor, that was in poor taste. Did you, did you ever really think was. you were going to watch this and see a man on television shaving his balls? Uh, <laughs> no, that was really juvenile and kind of gross. <laughs> I mean, it was it was such an interesting little sort of reward, um, particularly because, I mean, I guess one thing you would have noticed there was sort of this whole hunt for the idol clue that they thought it was. I mean, obviously, yeah. you had no idols back when you were playing, but, I mean, this no. is generally a thing. Whenever they get a reward like this, it's it's pretty common that somebody will, un, you know, fall an, a napkin and there's a piece of paper, so they have to sneak it in their pocket. Or, as you kind of oh. probably saw for the preview next week, sometimes now they'll have, like, an idol or a clue in a chair challenge which one person will know about so they've got to sneakily sneak away to find a, an idol or something like that so it's kind of it's very clever how they do it and i can understand how they assume these little wrapped up things were were notes but i mean it was hilarious to find out they were just little manicure kits uh, so what does the idol do for them it protects them so basically uh if you've got a hidden idol it's kind of like having immunity so basically um you've got to strategically play it at any point so henry has an idol uh henry mm. and, and jackie found an idol together and henry's ah. got that so basically if they if samatow went to tribal and and henry thought he was going to be voted out you would have noticed jonathan said if anybody has a hidden immunity idol oh, and you wish to play it, it now is the time to do so so you've got to play yeah. it after the votes uh so then henry would have stood up and go hey yep i've got an idol he hands it to jonathan jonathan will say this is a hidden immunity idol any votes for Henry tonight do not count. And therefore, if everybody voted but for that's Henry... But that's Henry's go. He he had to leave Jackie so he wouldn't feel obliged to share the idol if it came down to it. And he knew that he's pretty much untouchable at the moment. So jumping ship was... 
it, I mean, it works to an extent, but the, and the thing is with an idol, though, as as a lot of the cases of Survivor, it's all of it is a case of knowing when to play it. I mean, there have been numerous yeah. occasions where people with idols have thought they're safe and obviously they get voted out with an idol in their back <laughs> pockets. I mean, it's famously, there was one during season 15 in the US, a contestant called James. He had two mm. idols, thought Ooh. he was completely safe. And he was blindsided and voted out with two idols in his back pocket. So, oh no! And it's and it's changed too. Like early on in Survivor, when they had hidden idols, you actually played it after the votes were read. So, I mean, that was kind of stupid if you think about it. Cause, yeah. You know, here you are. You strategically need to think. Oh, do I play it? Do I not? Am I safe? Am to I not? Sacrifice it. Whereas yeah. if the votes are read and you know you're being voted out, oh fuck! I'll play the idol. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, well played. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I mean, so the, the thing that one thing I'll say, uh, people, I would always suggest this anyway because we're tagging our own products. Uh, listen to our exit interview with Jackie that we did this morning. She actually mentioned because we had a listener who asked a question: Does anybody out there know that Henry has the idol? Because Henry and Jackie had kind of kept it secret. Jackie said no, but she had told Kent back at camp, which I don't think was shown. So moving forward, if they merge hypothetically next week, Kent is aware that Henry now has an idol. He's the only one out there who knows, which again in itself, Katie, comes into play because you'll see like split votes. That's kind of what happened on Sunday night. People will split the votes because they're unsure if somebody's got an idol or not. So that way, if someone plays an idol, the other person will go home. Uh, so Yeah, right. Yeah. It's, uh, it adds complications, but it's also strategy. That's intrigue, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it makes it fascinating for us to talk. Now, I'm going to get into some listener questions and talk a little bit more about your season as well. But before I do, uh, we obviously rate these episodes here in the Oz Network. So uh, I explained okay. this to you, of course, a bit last week. We basically have a three-tier rating system. If you loved the episode, you loved it so much, you'd watch it over again, you'd want it forever, you buy it. If you thought it was a middle-of-the-range episode, it was okay, you would rent it. And if you hated it, you thought it was a piece of shit, you bin it. So we're oh. going to start with Sunday night's episode. Katie, what did you think of it? Would you buy it? Would you rent it? Or would you bin it? Okay. So um, it's because I watched them back to back close to each other. Uh, <laughs> so this is the episode, episode with the sorry. twist. So this is the one where nobody, oh, with, with Tara twist. and Annalise kind of got saved at the end. Oh. Um, you know what? I... I'd buy it for okay. three dollars ninety nine on iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> Very specific. I like that. Yeah. Uh, so okay, three nine. That's that's a good price as well. I would say. Uh, yeah. So we're going to buy that. Well, one forty nine. Okay. <laughs> and what about what about last night's? What about uh, Jackie's uh, voted out episode? What would you do with that one? Yeah, I'd buy it too. You buy both of them. Yeah. You're going to splurge this week. You're going to go on an iTunes spending spree. <laughs> I thought they were, yeah, I thought they were great. Yeah. Well, I'm going to I'm going to be very controversial here. I'm binning Sunday night's episode. Um I just I can't stand non-elimination episodes. I just can't do it. And <laughs> up until then it was a fairly decent episode and I just feel it just it just ruins the momentum. So I'm sorry, my first bin for the season. I have to bin Sunday night's episode. Um, and last night, I'm going to rent it. Just Again, it was a good episode. I'm not saying it was a bad episode. It was, it was close to a buy. I just feel, you know, it was the Jackie vote to me was a little obvious, kind of, with some of her confessionals. Uh, it was sad. I like Jackie. Mm. But, um, mm. yeah, I, I think that just Sunday just ruined it for me in that aspect. So, uh, you know, but I'm glad you liked them. That's, that's the main thing. I did. Well, but just remember my last reference point was the, the first Australian survivor. Yes. So, <laughs> so that is a very big gap. Come on, leaps and bounds. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that, is, that is a perfect way of uh, kind of... Uh, yeah, like this show is fantastic. 
<laughs> You're like, wow, how have I missed this for 15 years? I've got to get into this. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, before again, I get to these list of questions, just, just a yeah. couple of things I want to touch on sort of with your season, I guess, too. Um, one thing that I know we got a listener question about this a couple of weeks ago with Lance, and it is something that has been brought up by some fans in the past. An alleged, I guess, mutiny or some sort of standoff between, was it the final four or something happened right at the end that has been Mm. rumoured for a long time. Can you clarify this for us, Katie? What (laughs) happened at the end and, like, who was the instigator? Was there a standoff between you guys and production? Can you clear this up for us? Yeah, absolutely. Um, And it doesn't need to be rumoured. This can now be fact. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So uh, I think there was two days to go. Sophie had been voted out. There was Joel, myself, Shona and Rob left. And we were down um, at the rocks doing some fishing, getting some food or trying to find stuff to eat, have a fire. And the producers uh, or the executive director maybe came up to us and, and said, look, and it wasn't on camera. They didn't film it. It wasn't announced by Lincoln. They came up and said, look, there's been a change in the format of the game. Uh, we're now going to have three people at the final tribal council. Right. Not two, but three. And John, I'm mean, sorry, Rob and Shona um, were straight away arced up and said, no way, that's not fair. You, because uh, obviously the producers knew with the strategy, um, because people have been talking about it to them. Uh, you just want the young, one of the young people in there because they're more marketable or they're more this or they're more that. There's no way we're accepting this. And the producer said, well, it's bad luck because, you know, that's the way we're going to play it. And, um, you know, and and they try to sort of walk away. But John and Shona, uh, I mean, Rob and Shona got so angry and they talk with each other and they just said, look, this is bullshit. We haven't been out here for this long to have to um, change change the rules at the, at the last moment so that the younger person, more marketable person or whatever, that that, that seemed to be why they think the, the executive producer made that decision. Mm. Um, and so they said, well, we're walking off. And Shona just like, chucked her stuff on the ground and started walking up the cliff going back to the thing. Wow. And, and so, yeah, and Rob's like, yeah, I'm not participating anymore. Forget about it. Wow. So that yeah. basically, that little hissy fit then that did what the producers basically go off and discuss and go, okay, you're right, it's going to be a final two? Yeah, they had to come back and say, we'll revert that decision and uh, it's only going to be two and nobody's walking off set. And wow. You'll finish off the series as... Were, were you were you and Joel though on Team Final Three? I mean, I guess that would have played out better for you guys. I guess. Oh, absolutely! I had nothing against it at all. Wow, but you because just, you just I, didn't yeah. argue as much as those two did. <laughs> no, I did, but no, I didn't threaten to stop playing. Right. I wonder how they would yeah. have done it, like a Mexican standoff. Like as soon as was, Rob and Shona say we're not playing, okay, we're gonna make it a final two. Then you and Joel are like, no, fuck it, we want a final three. We're walking off. <laughs> ah, I know, I know. Well, that's the thing. That's the you know at being um. You know, fifty and forty, you kind of uh, you 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 hold your ground, you assert yourself a lot better. And Shona wasn't copying it. 
you know, know, she's got quite an iron iron fist and iron jaw and she wouldn't have a bar of it. That's fast because the thing that I guess is unique with that idea, Katie, is I, I don't know if you're aware, but generally the US version now is a final three. They brought that mm. in in uh, season 13. So, I mean, it's kind of, that's generally the norm now. And I, I, look, I much more prefer the final two than the final three. Yeah. So, I mean, just to think that... Um, you know, Australian Survivor could have had that unique aspect that they created the final three, which I guess technically they sort of did. It's just Robin yeah. and Shona just said no. So yeah, no, wow. they really threw in the towel. Wow, and they were they were determined, and but they also knew that Joel and I, um, or probably it was probably more me, not Joel. Um, well, uh, I was more a social threat to. Um, uh, Shona and Rob. Shona wasn't a social threat at all. She irritated people most of the time. So the hypothetical, of course, on that, Katie, is had that gone through, the final three was a thing. They said, screw you, Rob and Shona. You're doing this no matter what. Hypothetically, you win that challenge at final four. You're in that final three. So do you then feel that you beat Rob and Shona at the end? Uh, I reckon it would have been line ball between myself and Rob. Yeah, I don't think anyone would have given... Um, I'd... I'd I don't know. I don't know where Shona would have got a vote from. Mm. Well, she wouldn't have gotten uh, the vote from you, obviously. Um, and Craig, um, <laughs> obviously, he voted. But oh, maybe I mean, a vote from Craig. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what, but that was just weird. Her and Craig. Obviously. What do you What do you think the uh, how How would have played if Joel was there? Would Joel had have gotten votes at the end? Or no, I think Rob would have won uh, if if it was Joel and yeah, because. You know, Joel was just a bit of a weirdo and he was going on about Christianity a lot and, you know, it, and Rob just was the nicer all-round guy mm. that you'd prefer to win because when you're voting at the end, it's like who who would I prefer to win? Like you want yourself to win, but if it wasn't me, then I'd probably, yeah. And is that why you voted for Shona or is that more of an anti-Rob vote? <laughs> Um, that was an anti-Rob vote. Okay. <laughs> I thought it might Yeah, I like, Rob, rolled me big time. You suck. I'm not rewarding you for this. <laughs> well, there we go. There we go. People out there who argue, there are people in the Survivor community who argue there is no such thing as a bitter jury. Katie, you just basically sold it for me. You anti-voted what? Rob. So there you of go. Of course. <laughs> of course. I mean, you know, you can't forgive someone for, you know, turning against you and, and you know, and you've held, held a, a, an alliance with them the whole way and then they turn on you. Sure, it's part of the game, but you're not going to forgive them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, yep, I'm, no, I'm always on that page. I, I don't get people who say there's no bit of jury. Yeah, yep. Yeah, interesting, interesting. I mean, that would have just yeah, I've, that is that clears up a lot in terms of that rumor. But that that that's fascinating. That's extremely fascinating to kind of uh, to hear about that. Um, before I get to these as a question, so I, I mean, I I do have to mention. Obviously, I brought it up with Lance, and look, it's it's entirely up to you how much you want to talk about this or not talk about this. I mean, obviously, we know what happened with Rob, and we know what's happened with Joel. Um, mm. I mean, just anything you kind of want to add on the two? I mean, I'll start with Rob. Um, you know, obviously a huge tragedy that obviously occurred with him. I mean, did you did you stay in touch with him much after the game before, obviously, he sadly passed away? Uh, no. No, I didn't. I don't stay in touch with any of them. Um, not that I don't like them or I don't wish to. There's just no particular need mm. for me. Mm-hmm. Like, we have... Well, our lives were never never together before the show, and sure, it was an intense thing, but it's all over. Mm. And it's just, I don't know, but I'm, I'm not one to do school reunions or, you know, I just, I find it very, makes me anxious or something, just seeing <laughs> people after extended periods. It's, but, yeah, I, I tend to be a little bit 
unusual socially. So I don't, um, I don't, yeah. But I'm very, and I still am very sad about about Rob. He's a good man and a good father, and, and loved his wife and loved his children, and, and very soft-hearted as well as strong. And I don't know what happened over there, but it didn't sound above board to me. Mm. I remember reading the stories at the time, and Zimbabwe is a pretty dodgy place. And I know he was over there doing. Docker. I want mean, this is speculation, but yeah, um, yeah, mm. uh, still yeah. very, very sad. Yeah, no, it was it was definitely a real shock with that, and and same with Joel. I mean, again, don't necessarily want to go too much into it if you don't want to, but I mean, uh, you know, with what clearly happened with him since the show, um, I mean, what can you really say about Joel? I mean, Lance explained a little bit the other week, kind of his interactions with him post game. You obviously, I'm assuming, didn't really speak to him after the game either. But I mean, was that? Yeah. It's a stupid question. I hate asking the way I do this. This is one of those questions that I watch TV going. That's a stupid question the journalist asked. But in a way, I've kind of got to ask it. Was it a shock that he did what he did? Uh not to, not to, like I don't, it, yes, it's a shock because um, they're stepping over a massive line. Like, mm. you know, in, in love and stuff, there's always emotions. But, you know, when you cross that line into harming somebody physically in, in that way, uh, I, it does surprise me. But I'm, like, but I'm not surprised either. I just felt um, Joel and, uh, was well-meaning enough, but, there, there was something in him that you, one could sense that, especially when he became very sleep deprived and it, it, as a, the survivor went further along, he seemed to struggle mentally. Like there were short circuits going off. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, I don't know what, what if, you know, they do a psychological appraisal of you before in, in your auditions. I wonder what that would have said. But, yeah, it doesn't shock me because you wouldn't think that he wasn't capable of. You think, oh, you know what, he, he probably is capable of that. Yeah, it's, <laughs> so. it's, it's very – the one thing that I uh, that I will say kind of in rewatching it is just so many cringeworthy moments with Joel, uh, just the oh. reward challenge when he was speaking to his then-girlfriend. And I think I was telling you off-air the other day, there's that one episode where kind of it's like yourself and Shona and Rob, you're like, we're a bit concerned for Joel's mental capil- capability at the moment. And you're like, oh. That's a bit cringeworthy. Um, yeah. But, um, yeah, we I, we shouldn't joke about it. Obviously, yeah, no, so, no, yeah. not joke. It's not a laughing matter. Yeah, um, but that's the thing. Everybody's on a spectrum of stability mm-hmm. and groundedness and stuff. And some people are extremely grounded. Nothing phases them. Other people are very volatile. Mm. Yeah, it's uh, it's obviously uh, very interesting. And obviously, we sadly learnt too from uh, Joel that uh, Tim had from your season had sadly passed away too. So um, it's uh, we used yeah, to say there was yeah. a bit of a curse on your season, and um, oh, who do yeah seems to be that way. But anyway, uh, we're gonna get to listener questions now. To everybody who sent these in, thank you very much. As always, keep an eye on our Facebook page, Twitter page, see who our guest is each week, and you too can send these questions into us and have your say. Now, some of these, of course, have been answered throughout our interview. Some of them will probably reference parts of the US ones and that that you might not be aware of so I'll obviously help out okay. where I can but uh, we'll see how we go. First of all, Daniel Knowles, our former Oslet, good friend of the show. Thank you for messages in Dan. He says, Hi Katie, firstly I want to say thanks for the Australian Survivor shirt. I still <laughs> wear it today. I also bought a hat but I have no idea where it is. Do, do you remember giving out a shirt or is this something yeah. that you, yeah, you do? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, bought, I bought some shirts and some hats and stuff uh, if I ever did any speaking or to, to do charity events or whatever at the time, just so I could give things away or maybe 
uh, sell sell a couple. But I, I yeah, I do. I, I gave away a lot. Perfect. Well, there you go. He still wears it. Uh, now his question uh, is, and I believe this is um, uh, a photo, one of the ones that you supplied to me, which we put up on our our Facebook page. He says, "My question is about that amazing Survivor buff dress you wore at the Logies. <laughs> Whose idea was that, and who made it? And did you get a lot of questions about it on the night?" <laughs> uh, okay, so Channel Nine came up with that. They they called it a stunt dress. <laughs> they they made the dress um, and they did it for publicity, so that I get in you know all the magazines for wearing this like fully Australian blue Smurf Tapara Survivor dress. And I I had um, uh, yeah, I got a lot of comments on the night, and I was and well. Again, I got, got more criticism. It only attracted more criticism for me. I was in the worst-dressed um, uh, uh, category for every publication, I think, that went around Australia at the wow. time. Wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, so you worst, you know, go to the Logies, though. <laughs> they put a big X on you and they're like, worst-dressed. <laughs> you should have been like, damn it, Shona should have worn it. <laughs> I know. I think I was like... People were getting fined for wearing bad clothes, and I think I was like jailed indefinitely <laughs> for. <laughs> Do you keep the magazines? Do you hold on to those? Uh, you know, I've 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 got a box of this stuff. Yeah, I um, would I would be almost weirdly honoured uh, to to mm. kind of. I mean, the thing that I think weird, uh, not weird, is great about that is that I mean, you got to go to the Logies. I don't think anybody from last <laughs> season on Channel Ten got to go to the Logies this year. So oh, really, you know, I mean, that's a positive, oh. right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I was thrilled. Yeah, it was um, it was it was a fun night, and it was weird seeing people like Don Burke in the flesh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Don Burke! We miss Don uh, Burke on TV, don't we? Poor old Donny. He'd be good yeah. at Survivor. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Wait uh, him out. Go away, Don. Go back to your garden. Um, thanks, Dan, for the question. Uh, Sally, uh, thanks for this message, Sally. She says, am I the only one who found this week to be the worst of the season? A twist that in the end made the Blue Tribe win last night pointless. Jackie's yeah. boot was so obvious. This season has already gone off track. Do you think oh. Henry will be set up for a downfall and that karma might get him in the end? Um, uh, I, I don't know. I loved the episode. I thought the twist was was interesting, unexpected, and but what I yeah, what I thought was weird, as I said, is is why um, Jackie's tribe. Sorry, Jackie's tribe is Samato. Uh, Sanga, Sanga. Uh, Sanga, yeah, yeah, Sanga strong, yeah. Um, why they let him go? Mm. So, um. You know, that, that perplexed me. They needed to hang on to him to continue or to at least have a better shot at winning the challenges because they just inherited two girls who weren't that, that physically good. Mm. Um, but Henry Karma, I don't know. Like, he's got the idol. Uh, Karma might, might become an issue, but he's also quite charming and, and persuasive and people's um, fortunes change. So I just, I just don't think Karma... I know, I don't really believe in karma. I reckon he'll he'll last quite a while. Okay, well, that's an interesting point. Thanks, Sally. Good question there. Uh, now, yeah. I, I warned you about this person uh, when we spoke on the phone the other day. Our beloved Granny Survivor has uh, <laughs> messaged us in again. Now, uh, as often we uh, talk about with 
some older people. She likes to go on a little bit, but it's all in good context. Let's read this for you here. Firstly, dears, I'm so annoyed, not that I didn't see it coming. The fake tribal twist wasn't the problem. It was spending 97 minutes on it. Honestly, why it couldn't have been the shorter length episode, dears. These twists shouldn't waste nearly two hour episode. I just want to point out, I completely agree with that. Secondly, she continues, uh, my question is, if this is going to be a trend, sigh, every season, how on earth will they do it next year? The twist will get old fast. Players will know what's up the second someone is voted out and they vote against it or it is a double tribal. You can't keep repeating it. Do you think... Now, I might have to explain these ones a little bit to you. Do yeah. you think we will see the Outcast twist or Redemption Island used in future seasons so those can make up the required episodes nobody go home in Deers? Now, to put that into context for you, Katie, so in uh, one of the seasons we had an Outcast twist where eventually at a certain point of the show they brought back everyone who had been voted out previously. They then competed in a challenge against the people in the game and if they won the challenge two of them got voted back into the game, which happened, mm. and two people... I mean, if you ever watched the Australian celebrity version, it was kind of similar. They did that in yeah. that one. Um, and Redemption Island basically is, if you get vo- like you get voted out, but you're not eliminated, you get sent to what's called Redemption Island, and then you essentially battle against the people who are being voted out, and eventually one of you gets let back into the game to play continually play in the game. Wow. They're they're twists that a lot of Survivor purists aren't that big on. Purists, yeah. yeah. The the New Zealand version that they just recently did, they had Redemption Island in play in that one. Um, So, I mean, I guess long-winded question, would you think that that's something they could maybe do? Because I I agree with Granny Survivor here. It's something that people are going to cotton on. They're going to realise at certain points, Australian Survivor, if it's going to be this long, there's going to have to be twists like this to really keep it interesting. Yeah, so what's the question? Uh, do you again? think, I guess, basically they'll have to... They'll have to. I told you she goes on a little bit. Uh, that, that essentially they'll have to include a Redemption Island or an Outcast twist in the future to keep this a surprise. Yeah, well, that, that's... I think uh, she's she's already answered her own question. That's, <laughs> if, if, the, if, if the show goes uh, for that long, then obviously there's one or two... Um, chinks in the road that they're going to have to take i I don't i don't hate that because in some ways because the last thing having having been on it it's like if you get voted out imagine and you you think your world's just closing in you've got voted out and the, the game's over but if you had one more shot at it like I don't know. From that perspective, it's as a contestant's perspective. I'm sure Redemption Island or what have you is a good thing because it, it it is um, a chance that they wouldn't otherwise get. Yeah, and that's that's kind of when I was mentioning Aussie previously. To, I guess kind of to fill you in slightly in what I was referring to there. Aussie was on a season with Redemption Island, and basically he used it as a strategy to say, "Vote me out. I'll go to Redemption Island and oh. work my way back into the game," which again, on paper might sound like strategically brilliant, but it's just a stupid move and he's an idiot anyway. But uh, um, yeah, yeah, it's um, there definitely is a different strategy involved in a Redemption Island season because as you said, you're aware that being voted out, you're not necessarily eliminated straight away. So... um, But it's it's like um, uh, like the remorse that that, and the devastation that you feel when you're gone Mm. is... uh, yeah, and that's imagine thing- that would give you an, an, an and what what um what was it uh, what's it girl so, I'm so sorry she got voted off last night but it wasn't the one you don't Sarah oh yeah Sarah. yeah yeah yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, she's like she's got a new lease of life. Yeah, well, your adrenaline it kicks straight back in because you know it's yeah. uh, it's that's um, quite an interesting interesting concept. I can see the purists not liking it. It's I mean the thing that I will say whether you like it or not. I mean, Survivor is a game. It's like with sport or anything. It's got to develop over time. I mean, you, you know, any sport, I'm sure, like, as, as an athlete yourself, Katie, you know, all sports you've competed in are not necessarily completely the same as they were 15 years ago. New no. rules, new technologies, well, you know, things develop yeah. over time. And Survivor, I mean, whether we like these changes or not, particularly in comparison to the US version, it's been on air for 17 years and it's still going strong. I mean, we, we it wouldn't have that wouldn't have happened if it hadn't been for development and changes in the game. So, you know, it, it can't stay the same for 17 years and expect to still be as strong as it is. So, yeah, I quite agree. And but it's it's when like um, if if the changes are being engineered to make certain people win, that's when I think it would become offensive. Well, that's that's. I mean, look, yeah, that that's the thing. Like, as somebody who assumes I love reality TV because I like Survivor, I generally only like Survivor because to me, the majority of all reality shows are extremely fabricated to the fact yeah. that they're not reality. Survivor no. is pure in its in its possible way. I mean, there is definitely producer elements where they will conveniently put in a challenge to help a certain contestant out contestant out or like <laughs> this twist might have been on the cards they might have wanted this as soon as tara or somebody got voted out because they might be like well tara's great tv so as soon as she's voted out let's keep her in this might have just been on the cards i don't know i'm not accusing channel 10 of that but yeah. it, it is a case that, that we we will never know but um you know it's it is kind of there and thereabouts that it might have been a possibility so you know but uh it's well, always... i didn't see i didn't see anything to be- benefit the show by keeping annalise or tara in no like, i think i think looking at it for the first time i thought yeah. well they're kind of from me i shouldn't say but they're, they're kind of you know i would nothing. i would i would i would probably sway more on your side i think i would agree with that i think it's just if they're going to save people and saving that twist to save certain people, I think they're going to do it maybe for an AK or a Henry. It yeah. might have just this might have been a case of no matter what happens in this episode, this is the twist. But I mean, for example, last season the way Nick was saved, I still am a bit iffy that they deliberately kept that around for when somebody good was about to go home. That's just my yeah. opinion. Again, if I'm not accusing them entirely, that's just an opinion I have. But Anyway, uh, but it's like Hunger Games. It's like yeah. you know, I don't know if you watch that. It's like, well, you know, some people that that you you they are they do have the X factor. They are the star, and and yeah. people just want to see more of. Them. Oh, for sure. And then, then look, and again, and at the end of the day, Survivor. it's a TV show. At the end of the day, Survivor yeah. is a TV show, and that what their number one goal is is for entertainment. Somebody, I, one of the conversations I had on Twitter during the week when I was you know, vocal are saying, I hate this twist. I hate that they extend it. And I believe it was another podcast and forgive me for not remembering their name, but they explained it to the fact that at the end of the day, channel 10 need to make money and <laughs> do channel 10 need to make money. Um, but they obviously need to have increased episodes. It's more advertising revenue. We, we understand how it works. And that's Australian reality TV. That is how Australian reality TV always has been. It's a multi-episode format, no matter what the franchise is. You know, people watch The Block, people watch Australian Idol, they watch My Kitchen Rules, and they're used to it being like three, four nights a week. So they're going to try and extend Mm. that with Survivor. It's just how Australians view reality TV. Uh, You know, people are going to be a fan of it. People aren't going to be a fan of it. I saw plenty of comments saying that they loved both these episodes. They loved the twist. They loved Mm. that it's extended. And that's great. Um, And Mm. at the end of the day, 
we want this to continue on our screens. We want to have this still. <laughs> I want an opportunity to play this game. Uh, and, oh. it, you know, keeps people like myself in the job because I can sit here and talk about it. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, I'm just, you know, sitting around playing video games. I don't know. Uh, now, Granny Survivor also adds, uh, my second question, dear, is for the lovely Katie. Would you play Survivor again under the twist that you are thrown in with nobody knowing you played in 2002 or hope they consider you for an all-star season and not ignore your season. Now, I brought this up with Lance a few weeks ago because the thing that I think is interesting with your season is, again, this reputation. I mean, look, a lot of people classify this season on air currently, Katie, as season two because it's Mm. the second season of Channel 10. They ignore your season. They ignore the uh, celebrity version. I Mm. would hope that should they do an all-star season one day of Australian Survivor... They don't forget about you guys because I would love to see you play with, like, Henry or AK or, you know, Craig from last season or or Phoebe or Lee. Like, it would be great. But, like, I guess it's an interesting question because I brought this up to Lance. Like, if you applied for Survivor next season, I wonder if they would go, hang on a minute, you've technically played this game before or would they classify you as a completely new player if they're wiping the slate clean? So, again, long-winded question. Would you play Survivor again? I guess that's kind of what we can come out of with this. <laughs> uh, I, I would love to play it again. and I would play it to win it. Like, I wouldn't play it just for the experience or to, you know, do my best. I would I'd have to play to win. I'd, I would love to play because even back then at 24, I knew that... Uh, to have a decade or 15 years, more wisdom, more intuition, more peripheral vision would have done me the world of good. And uh, while I was very tough then and very competitive then, I'm just as tough and as competitive now, but I'm smarter. So, uh, yeah, I would, play, I would play tomorrow. And even watching last night, I thought, fuck, I wish I was out there. So would you apply then? Like, do you think that if you applied for next season again, do you, do you feel as though they might bring that up or would you want to bring it up or just go, hey, I've never played this game before. What are you talking about? <laughs> uh, um, I don't know. If I did apply, I'd just put my oh, – I don't know. What, that's a good question. Uh, it would be found out somehow anyway. So you may as well just come, come out with it and say, look, yeah. I want another shot at the title. And and and, this, and I'm saying this in a in a way that I want to see you play again. But I I would hope that they would look at your application and go, we know you've played. We're glad you're still keen. Hang around if we do an all. Because like I mean, in all seriousness, I really do hope that if this lasts long enough to do an all star season, I sadly don't think they will. But I really do hope that some of you guys are considered. Because and again, I'm not just saying this because you're on. People probably think I'm saying this as a suck up, but I legitimately mean this. You were literally probably one of the two most memorable people on your entire season. So for me, that puts you as in a shoe in to potentially be an all-star from your season. I mean, you were Shona. Uh, I mean, you're probably the only oh, two. Oh, Shona or... was memorable for you, I see. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, for sure. Shona, I de- yeah. you easily remember Shona. I mean, look, I, I remember the entire top four because yeah. clearly Shona was memorable, you were memorable, Rob was memorable, and Joel mainly Joel's for infamous reasons now. Infamous. But, <laughs> yeah, I think that you guys are easily the, the oh, four most memorable. I- Oh, you know what? I think it would be quite lacking if they overlooked it because it's a national game. What I don't think that it needs to um, be a television station um, uh, contingent. And I, I think it's a it, it's a national game. The the very first, the very original at two thousand and two. Um, 
I think it would be of interest to bring a couple of those people into an all-star um, format. Yeah, um, sure. Yeah, like it's it's uh, it's a very first one. It was you know never been done before. I, I just I think it would be quite lacking not to involve it and unnecessary. Like yeah, it'd be of interest. Agree. Completely yeah. agree. And 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 I, I mentioned this on last week's uh, one of last week's episodes. Uh, our former Oslo Cable, I think, summed it up perfectly. Is the fact that whether you like the season or not, it's not your fault when you played it. That say the budget wasn't that well, or Channel Nine necessarily didn't do as good a job as we wanted to. You yeah. still went out there yourself for thirty-seven days. You know, a lot of them for thirty-nine as well. And you put your you know bodies and mental and everything on the line to play the game. And it's disrespectful, I think, for people to just forget your season because uh you know it was it was still done it's still in the history books and as a survivor purist that seems to be the uh the topic of the, the interview at the moment uh i think you have to kind of you know relive history it happened this is season four that we're watching right now you were on season one um i think at the end of the day that's that's how you do it uh granny survivor thank you for your uh question <laughs> she also says at the end i'm thrilled des is coming on your podcast ben i'm excited des des uh was the first boot in last season katie and he was a character so uh oh. yes, we have him lined up uh very soon uh paul dutch paul says katie you played survivor with the standard 39 days um, uh, he sort of adds there, obviously the budget and economy was better in 2002 and they didn't need 26 episodes to make it work for money. I don't necessarily <laughs> know if that's entirely why they make it 26 episodes, Paul, but anyway. Mm. Uh, anyway, she he adds, uh, someone obviously went home every single episode. Oh, the good old days. How would you cope <laughs> with 55 days and twists when nobody goes home? Oh, well, uh, I don't know. 37 days was was really long like I'd lost 12 kilos out there I didn't have much more to lose and uh but I think your body clock changes so I think the 55 days you'll be able to adjust your body clock to make it that far and once you make it past a certain point there's no way you're giving up anyway so um but and the twist the twist I kind of don't hate because the twist you know could be a curse or it could end up saving you so and i i don't know i don't i don't mind twists i think the game there's a twist every five minutes if somebody's changing their mind and jumping from alliances Mm -hmm. for me it's just part of um the vulnerability of the game yeah i'd love i'd be interesting yeah i'd love it point to put into put into context i will say um so you played 37 days last season season three uh the first channel 10 season uh, Nick was voted out on day 37 and he was the first jury member. So, oh, wow. <laughs> so basically it took him 37 days to get a first jury member. You were two days away from potentially winning the game. So, <laughs> but do they pay, do they pay everyone or they just pay the first, the winner? The uh, if it's anything like the US one, they would pay them based on where you finish. Uh, I don't know if that's ever been disclosed by Channel 10. Uh, we know they've kind of got some budgetary issues, but, uh, I, I'm assuming it's, you would course, get compensated. When people, when people in Australia, we have they have to understand that this is like I don't know what it's costing them to make this, to buy the rights, to mm-hmm. to set up shop, to do all the. I mean, it's got to be what a hundred million dollar production. Oh, 
I don't know about this specific, but for sure. It's, I mean, people think reality TV is cheap, but I mean, it, it might be cheaper than producing a drama, but I mean, it's still not exactly cheap. You you and I right now couldn't uh, put our money together, could we, Katie, and make our own reality show? I mean, I don't know about your financial situation, but I know with mine, I couldn't, so. <laughs> but I know, I think in the Channel 9 one, back 2002, I think it was like a $50 million situation. It was, wasn't the most expensive one. Of, I think somebody pointed the out. The most expensive that it was... TV production ever in Australia's history. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, but to get the, the TV advertising to support that, I mean, to get, and let's say, what is it, um, three months, four months worth of TV when exactly. you're showing it one night a week, you've got so many episodes, you, you can't charge Australian brands, mm-hmm. you know, um, $50,000 for a 30-second slot on Strange Survivor. Yeah. You know, there's no way you can make your money back. This is this is a big risk by Channel 10 to do it. And um, frankly, I think, I mean, looking at this episode, they've got great contestants. If anything, it looks a little bit big brotherish because they, there seems to be a skew to the young people. Mm. Um, I would be more interested to, uh, I don't know, maybe... I don't know, maybe it's just because I'm old now, but <laughs> I don't know, just, yeah, there seems to be like a little bit, they've chosen pretty, I don't know, but I, I think they're doing it well, but it's a big gamble and did, just to say, oh, by judiciary, but this is huge for Australian TV. For sure, like, absolutely. How many, how many people in the audience, for God's sake? Like, uh, yeah, I mean, this is, uh, the thing that I think you found with the reason why this was brought back for another season was that, I mean, the ratings aren't necessarily brilliant for this, but at, at the end of the day, it's the fans that keep, I mean, it's trending nationally on social media every single night. Uh, you know, the, the, mm. the, the audience numbers aren't so dire that they can bring back. And one thing that I've always had props with Channel 10 is that Channel 10 will give shows a chance and generally keep them on. I mean, you know, the, I mean, the Bachelor still goes strong, the Bachelorette, you know, MasterChef, they're not necessarily winning the ratings, but they know they've got loyal fan bases and they stick to it. If this was Channel 9, Channel 7, you know that they probably would have shelved this again after last year. So um, The good thing that Channel 10 does is they promote their own shows yeah, during exactly. the show. That they, they forego advertising revenue to promote their own TV shows, mm-hmm. which yeah. I think is clever. But, like, I don't know anyone that's watching this series. I do not know anyone. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's it's the thing that Channel 10 have done recently is they've really kind of been renowned now as the, the network that brings back reality shows that maybe mm-hmm. should have been done 10 years ago. And there's, there's no, dis- like, we're obviously extremely thrilled that Australian Survivor's back, but when this was announced two years ago, nobody was expecting it. It wasn't like this was on the cards. It was out of the blue, like, fuck, Australian Survivor's coming back, great. And Channel 10's doing it, okay. Um, uh, and I, yeah. I mean, Su- Survivor's got the unique distinction in Australia that each of the three major commercial networks have now produced a version of it. Obviously, Channel 9 did yours, Channel 7 did the celebrity version, and now Channel 10 are doing this one again. So that's I a pers- rare thing in Australian TV. I personally think they should be using Jonathan LaPaglia to promote the show to people oh, that yeah. aren't watching it. So yeah. to people that may have watched when it first came out all those years ago then watched the Australian version and never went back to it Mm. or those who lost interest over the last decade to bring because he did so well in Love Child um, and uh, to bring him you know into the advertising the mainstream advertising not just on Channel 10 but onto billboards and onto you know Bert Newton or whatever there's there's, there's a few of those I mean uh, I don't know in terms of like uh, promotion wise what he does I think he might have been on like the project I think that's I guess the go to Channel 10 show now but um, oh that's right yeah yeah Yeah, more of that 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 would convert more because he has now credibility because of his other work which gives the game credibility and if you ever watch the US version he's uh, very close to kind of a Jeff Probst style 
Yeah, yeah. agree. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and we everyone loves Jono. Jono's awesome. Um, hello, Jono, if you're listening, you're not. But anyway, uh, and let's be honest, <laughs> the, the advertising revenue in itself this season, Holden have fucking paid for this season. Again, I'll say it every week. If I see that damn ad with Lee on it again, um, <laughs> I, I, you didn't watch last season, but I'm sure you saw that uh, Holden ad a hundred times. Lee was the runner-up on last season. You got introduced to him, so there he is. <laughs> What? Yeah. Okay. Go back and watch that. If you ever see that Holden ad, again, watch it this week. You won't miss the damn ad because it's on 400 times every commercial oh. break. Uh, he was the runner-up on Survivor last year. He got a car commercial out of it. So um, there you go. Actually, I will say, props to Lee because Lee actually is fun on Twitter because so many people are tagging him and making fun of him for the ad and he plays along with it. So um, it's kind of it's. it's oh, he's funny. a good sport. Yeah, yeah he is, definitely. Uh, now, Gene asks a question here. Will the iconic, I'm sorry Annalise, but I'm voting for you be a foreshadowing for her to say it back in the future to someone? Uh, that's kind of clever, actually. Do you, do you feel when Annalise is going to vote for someone next, she's going to be like, I'm voting for you, AK? Or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's going to be a running theme now. It was really quite a, um, a, a shock and and that that's the thing. When like there you don't you can't forgive like it's too hard because there's too much at stake and you're too tired and you're too hungry so she yeah she's going to hold a grudge against Ziggy for sure and against all of them for being smart asses and mm-hmm. calling her name out <laughs> like it was quite um, demeaning for her and yeah. mean and mean. So I think she'll she'll definitely want to get someone back at some stage. I hope so. It was fun. Jean just adds at the end, uh, clearly Tara's vote for AK will maybe be a foreshadowing for her to vote for him in the future. Be hilarious if she voted him to win next time, but I'm thinking too far ahead. One thing's clear <laughs> is that uh, Tara does not like AK. Uh, oh. <laughs> I think if, if you didn't pick that up, uh, Tara I didn't like pick AK. that up in the thing, yeah. <laughs> uh, I like AK. He's I like strong AK. and he's got that look in his eyes, you know? Yeah. Like no, he's I'm there, an AK he means fan. business. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> uh, Mitch, uh, thanks, Mitch, for your question, says, uh, come on, obvious tonight was the swap twist. I think he sent this on Sunday night. Especially the starting fire and a comeback like last year's edit. Editing and ads make it obvious. I just... One thing I will add is um, I didn't see the commercials during the week, but somebody tweeted Hmm. out saying that Channel 10 must have accidentally included, like, whoever was at Tribal Council in one of their commercials. So they kind Uh. of spoiled it. I didn't see it, but uh, I don't know if that actually happened. Um, So Mitch adds, am I the only one who hates the twist? 26 episodes, I guess it has to happen. Why can't they reduce the order and freaking do a recap episode like American Survivor to (laughs) add to the episode count? I predict the Blue Tribe loses more challenges if they don't swap Ben and one of the weaker girls at the challenges. Well, we obviously saw that happen the night after. If Henry and Jackie swap, they are doomed. Thoughts, guys. Now, this is interesting because Mitch sent this question before last night's episode. So we kind of got 50% of that correct. Henry swapped. Jackie got voted out, so they're kind of doomed. I mean, again, we've sort of already covered this, but um, I don't know if you've really got anything to add on that because I think we've already answered that. But interesting points there from Mitch. Yeah, really interesting points. And I don't know. I think, yeah, it's 
obviously he's a purist and the twist really throws him and he thinks it's unnecessary and it's not in the name of the game. I don't know what, what the issue with the, with the twist is. Mm. Well, it's, it's so interesting having you on, having, again, keep saying that you've not seen this in such a long time to kind of get this perspective from you. And I think you're kind of, you're, you're putting this out there very well for kind of the people who are, you know, pro-twist, I guess, and somebody who you're very entertained by these episodes. So um, I'm glad you're here to balance out my hatred of the twist, <laughs> uh, that you can be the, uh, the shining light on the other side of the fence so uh thank you katie uh. but this is the thing you expect that there are no rules like yeah. that's the expectation yeah and i you know i i wouldn't get used to anything on this show that's very true that's very true and again fans i mean that's why i think you you see like ak i guess someone who's a huge fan of the show i mean he didn't seem overly shocked by it did he i mean he was just kind of like oh okay this was going to happen and i'm sure you know post-game when he's on this show in an exit interview or any other shows, he's going to say, like, yeah, we kind of expected it to happen. I mean, Mark last week in his exit interview said they were discussing the possibility of a swap happening. So they obviously were expecting it. So, But the only, the only thing that wouldn't be fair is if the tw- someone got taken off and they were being fed and they were being rested and then they were True. brought back into the game. Well, well, the uh, the outcast one that I mentioned to you before on that season, they deliberately were kept in a separate area where they weren't fed, similar to what you were saying. So that was kind of... They sort of were kept to a point where they were only giving rations. I know on the Australian, the celebrity one, though, when they were brought back into the game, they were being fed and basically, you know, given all that sort of stuff. So... Yeah, it's, yeah, that's it's, not it's cool. interesting. No, yeah. not at all. Uh, now, our final set here, we've got one here from Richard. Now, he's got a few questions. Some of these, again, I think for the most part have been answered. Uh, there's one here that I don't really think you'll be able to answer because you don't necessarily watch the US one. So, Richard mm-hmm. says, uh, first of all, his first question is, who is your favourite and best players, male and female, from the US version? Now, again, you don't really watch it. No. I, I know you and I kind of had a conversation about Jerry the other day. You remember Jerry? Um, oh, oh, the only people I remember are... Um, Jerry and Richard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Richard Hatch. Yeah, Richard yep. Hatch. And um, I never really watched it. I only saw them on the ads or what have you. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> they're good answers, though. They, 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 they're you know pretty standard answers. So uh, that's still we'll take that as your answers. Yeah. Um, now, uh, interesting one here. He adds, "Who is playing similar to how you played on your season of Australian Survivor on this season?" Oh, um. I don't know that anybody is maybe a little bit of, just from what it seems, maybe a little bit of AK and a little bit of Henry, like, you know, uh, but I chipped in a lot. I did a lot of work and AK's playing that, like, I'm a lazy bastard card and (laughs) just to annoy everyone. Um, Yeah, I don't think anyone is. I, I think everyone is so unique on here that, uh, but yeah, if anything, that at least the P- AK and Henry are really thinking about stuff, and they're really plotting, and they're trying to look ahead. And ask, mm. uh, yeah, but none of the girls seem to be. I don't know what Ziggy's up to. She smiles a lot, which I find <laughs> disconcerting. <laughs> like, Stop smiling, Ziggy. <laughs> I know, but she's got nice teeth, and a, yeah, it's not. Mm, I don't know. Yeah, well, Richard Richard adds, I mean, so one of the ones we've already answered here, he says, would you play again? We've answered that one. Uh, and mm-hmm. this one, which is kind of interesting, he says, I mean, obviously, I assume you haven't. He says, have you met or do you hope to meet anybody from last season of Australian Survivor or this season of Australian Survivor? Again, I'm going to assume you haven't met anyone, but would you like yeah. to meet any of these people? <laughs> That's a weird question, but sure. It's really, yeah, it's really cute. 
Um, uh, you can say know. no, be honest if you want to. <laughs> I wouldn't mind just, you know, sitting down and knowing what their go was. Like, sure. You know, well, yeah, I mean, a bit of... I've not. I haven't really known them long enough to be motivated enough to meet them. Yeah, mm. tough question. But yeah, I mean, the most interesting players for me right now. I thought Henry because of his hair, and I thought, gee, that's weird. And why has he got long hair um, <laughs> like that? And what about the beard? Uh, but when you, his, he, when I got to know him, so I judged him just by looking at him. But then I, I, I like. I'm interested in AK. I'm interested in Henry. I'm interested in Ziggy. Sarah interested me. Um, Lucky's a bit of an idealist, um, and I'm not that interested in anyone else. Oh, Kent, Kent, good, yeah, Kent, yeah, of course. Good, good answer. I like yeah. that. Thank you, Richard. Now, I will say, Richard's asked me a few questions here, but I'll I'll answer them uh, in our in our closing section here. Because right now, I know Katie. We've had you here for a while, and uh, uh, it's been a it's been a huge honour having you on the show again. As I said at the beginning, uh, I'm sucking up right now, but I'm sucking up big time purely because uh, you know you definitely were one of my favourites in your season. It's a thrill that we've been able to track you down. It's a thrill to get you on this show to talk about this. And uh, if you keep watching the show. We'll, we'll have to do this again because uh, definitely it's been great to get your insights and uh, also hear some very unique stories from your time on the show. So we appreciate your time on the Oz Network today. No, thank you, Ben. And, and thanks to um, thanks to everyone for uh, their support or not support. But no, no, sorry, let me say that again. Thank <laughs> you so much, Ben. I really appreciate your support. Um, it makes me smile because, yeah, I, I, it's, it's been a long time and I uh, the main memory I have is that I was hated so much. So um, it's nice to have a, a fan out there. And there we go, Katie Gold, Season 1 Australian Survivor. What a great chat. And, um, yeah, I, uh, she's not on the line now, so I can basically say again, I still love her. That was not just... Um sucking up and all that sort of stuff that you're probably assuming I'm doing. But uh, we, we very much appreciate her time. And to all the questions, they were some great questions as well. And um, glad that we get these questions in for some of our Season 1 people. Because, as you know, we often keep saying that we know Season 1 doesn't have the hugest reputation in Australia and a lot of people just rather forget about it. I think I've even gotten comments uh, recently from people saying, like, oh, is this a show that still considers Season 1 a season of Survivor? And, again, I'm just using the Cable argument, as he pointed out. It's a good job, Cable, with um, that. I just wanted to... Um go back and answer these questions here from Richard. I thought I would uh, do these separately. Obviously, we had Katie on the line for a long time there, so I thought kind of she didn't necessarily need to be on the line uh, in answering these questions. And it's it's rare that I get the questions. I'm not the uh, the person here that you need to find stuff out from. It's all about the guest. But uh, Richard, you asked me some questions. I'm going to answer them for you, mate. So I appreciate this. Uh, he, he asked me, can I request Linda and Julian back on the podcast again? Love them. If you get on the show, mate, I recommend them taking over to podcast your season. Well, I'm kind of used to people who work for the show slowly trying to take over, at least forming their other shows. Uh, that's another story. Um, but, yeah, look, I, I I want to get them on the show, absolutely. Uh, they, that was a great episode. I love both Lyndon, Lyndon, Linda and Julian. Um, but for sure, we will, we're, we're sort of looking at getting more, obviously, former contestants on throughout the season. Um, but if it comes to a case where we're going to get some former Oslots on, then they'll definitely be at the top of the pile. We are, we're looking at potentially bringing two other former Oslots back at some point. Um, for for a recap episode, who are still watching it, and Noah will be returning. I'm hoping by the end of this season. Oh, he's still gallivanting.
gallivanting overseas and um, he's due back very soon. So hopefully when he gets back, uh, we'll at least get him on to join me in co-hosting these because uh, I miss Noah. We all miss Noah, let's be honest. Noah was the heart and soul of Survivor Oz, um, at least part of it anyway. Um, we know Colin is too and, and Nick and the people who are stuck here on the, the Oz network. But yes, to answer that question, uh, we will uh, look at getting them back on the show at some capacity at some point in the future. Be it this season, next season, we still love Linda and Julian. And of course, check out Linda's great uh, great blog, Reality Ramblings. She's uh, she's doing her own thing anyway. So um, there you go. Uh, you also asked me, Richard, so what was it like to be in the presence of royalty with Queen Sandra when you were in the States? I'm so jealous you got a drink with her. Uh, spoiler alert, I didn't actually get to drink with her. That promise was never fulfilled. We hung out twice. But uh, as you can imagine, Sandra is a very popular and busy lady when she's at these events. So you kind of take the uh, the most uh, time you can get with her. Uh, it was it was incredible. E- every experience I had with any of the Survivor contestants over in the US was incredible. Uh, you know, I, I met Sandra briefly, uh, first of all, in Los Angeles for the finale there of Game Changers. Um, we, I think we just had a brief little chat when I, you know, met her and gave a hug and um, got a photo with her. And then I think it was later on on the second, uh, no, it was later on the first night, we did the little video interview that we put up um which was which was great but again she's it's really hard to get her away from people from like two minutes because everybody's wanting to talk to her and she's just the nicest most sociable person you can imagine um i briefly saw her i think at the after party in la after the taping um there was so many people there so many survivor contestants but i think she briefly walked past me and was like oh did you get into the taping because she knew that i was struggling to get a ticket and i eventually obviously got a ticket so uh she i think gave me a high five or something like that but then uh cincinnati uh for reality for diabetes i got a bit more time with her um we bowled i don't think she was on my bowling team but i got another little interview with her um and yeah we we had a bit of a chat but sadly i never got that drink i never got that drink from sandra but uh it was great uh, it was fantastic to be in the presence of royalty. Good question there, Richard. And um, you also asked me here, um, please tell me you were going to be the first to do a full interview with Debbie. She has to come on the podcast for season 35. Nobody has the guts to interver- interview her fully. Ben, do it. Do it. Uh, I wasn't aware that nobody was um, willing to do an interview with Debbie. Uh, that's that's confusing to me, Richard, because I would assume she's uh, podcast gold. Um, I, I don't necessarily listen to other podcasts and kind of what they're doing or pay that much attention in terms of uh, the content they're putting out there. So a uh, bit of a surprise for that. But for sure, Debbie would be somebody who I'd get on in a heartbeat. Uh, she was one that I was very lucky to meet in Los Angeles. She was meant to be at Cincinnati at Reality for Diabetes, but sadly cancelled at the last minute. But from the time that I got to spend with her in Cincinnati, she is just, again, incredible. Uh, when we first met, it was, you know, just uh, all nice. And she was one of the the most uh, endearing to the fans. She actually brought along with her a stack of photos of her and her dog and was signing them for people as well as uh, all the other things that people were signing. And she just stayed there for ages and talked to fans and just, just so amazing. And I, I pulled her aside, I think, for five minutes and did a quick little video interview, which, of course, is in that interview section on our YouTube channel. Um, but I was going to hang out with them more. We were going to do some more stuff in Cincinnati. She was very keen, but sadly, she didn't end up coming to the event. So, uh, absolutely, I will definitely reach out to her. To be honest, I haven't really thought too much about who we're going to get on the show for season 35. Uh, we're still obviously about a month away from the US version.
television. I'm focused on the Australian one at the moment, but um, she will definitely be one that I will want to get on the show because, uh, yeah, besides the little video interviews that obviously we did uh, when I was there in person, she's one that uh, hasn't been on the show because, sadly, we sort of didn't really cover too much of Korong and Millennials vs Gen X, so those contestants have been one that have kind of slipped through the cracks, so we'll look to get a few of the uh, Korongers and Millennials Gen Xers on potentially uh, next season around. Uh, you know, Figgy is somebody who I had a great time with in both Cincinnati and, and in LA, uh, so she's definitely one I'd love to get on. Uh, I met Adam in LA, he seems like a super nice guy, I'd love to get him on the show as well. Um, Aubrey, you know, there, is, there are a lot of people from those two seasons that I was a big fan of. Ty, of course, you know, who can forget Ty? So, uh, yeah, we, we're definitely going to look at some of these people moving forward. Um, obviously, you know, since our, our new version here, we haven't necessarily focused on doing uh, contestant interviews as much as we did with Survivor Oz. We've obviously, uh, you know, I guess evolved slightly kind of similar what we're talking there with Katie throughout this interview. But, um, yeah, absolutely. And, and as with anyone out there, if you've got anybody perhaps that you think would be great for a recap, maybe you've never heard on the show, uh, perhaps who hasn't been on uh, any form of our show in a long, long time, uh, we're always open to suggestions. Uh, and also, same here with Australian Survivor. We've got some great people lined up, uh, and I guess that will uh, lead me now into tagging the, the next few uh, episodes. Richard, first of all, thank you for your questions. And to everybody who sent us questions in, uh, very much appreciate it. Uh, but yeah, we're moving forward, we've got some great people lined up for our Australian Survivor coverage. Next week, uh, going back to Granny Survivor, you mentioned about Dez. It does look like next week we will have Dez on the show. It, it just not 100% locked in just as of yet, but stay tuned. I hope that we can confirm that by the weekend. Fucking love Dez. I'm just going to say it like that, and I am so excited. I've had a few conversations with him uh, on Facebook, and uh, I just I can't wait to be able to do this in person. So, uh, Dez, hopefully on the show next week. Uh, stay tuned for that. And uh, still got a few more season oneers lined up. Uh, we've been talking a little bit to Karen and to Deborah, so hopefully we will still have a few of them lined up. Keep an eye on for that. And one that I'm actually very intrigued for, because here's an interesting little tidbit for you. We've obviously talked about season one. We've had people from last season season three you're wondering what's happened with season two you ignore season two more than you ignore season one for people who aren't in the know about season two of australian survivor that was a celebrity version that was done by channel seven in 2006 i only just recently watched that for the very first time and i found it you know fairly okay it wasn't brilliant it wasn't terrible uh but it was a fairly okay season and one of the players on that season david oldfield one of the co-founders of one nation who of course uh you know pauline hansen we all know about her uh, and he's actually recently on, uh, is it Hell's Kitchen Australia, the Channel 7 one on the celebrity version of that. Uh, he was actually an incredible player of Survivor. He's a politician, former senator as well, but very intriguing. And I'm going to say he was robbed of winning that game with a stupid outcast twist that was brought in at the Final Four. I've spoken to David Oldfield. He's very interested in coming on the show. He doesn't watch Survivor, but we're going to try and tie it in, similar to what we did here with Katie, how Katie doesn't watch Survivor, but she still happily sat down and watched the two episodes this week so she could come and recap it on the show. So I'm going to try and do that with David, get him to watch a couple of episodes, come on the show, and that way we can tick off all the bases and become the only podcast in podcasting history to say that we have had contestants from uh, all seasons of Australian Survivor on uh, on their show. So uh, stay tuned for that. 
Uh, I hope that that can happen. Uh, very much looking forward to that. But uh, we've got plenty to come. We've got other former season one, season three contestants also. I'm getting into the trap now. Uh, and our exit interviews obviously will continue. If you're listening to this and you haven't listened to our Jackie exit interview, great exit interview with Jackie. Uh, share some very interesting stories about what happened out there as well as uh, some sad news from herself uh, about diagnosis of a condition that basically happened after getting injured on the show. So um, there's a bit of an intrigue for you there to download that. Outside of Australian Survivor, though, we've got plenty more coverage coming of other TV shows. If you're a fan of Nip Tuck, our Nip Tuck rewatch is continuing. We're into season two, nearly at the end of that one. So Nick and myself are doing that. If you're a fan of Third Watch, and if if you're not, you should be, because it's a brilliant show. Uh, myself and Brandy are still covering that. We're in season one, so that comes out on Wednesdays. Stay tuned for that. And uh, look, movie-wise, um, we have some great ones coming up. Can I just point out, uh, we've tagged a little bit about anniversary month coming your way in September. We're looking at uh, some films that are celebrating a variety of anniversaries this year. So we're covering two films that are celebrating their 20th anniversary. We're going to take a look back at the epic film that is Face Off and the even more epic film that is Titanic. Yes, I'm a Titanic fan. Shut up. Don't judge me. Uh, the 25th anniversary of the iconic White Men Can't Jump, a film that I've never seen, but Colin absolutely loves it. So we're going to look at that one. And then a 30th anniversary film, Dirty Dancing, a film that my dad, quote, told me the other day, isn't that bad. So um, I'm looking forward to not putting baby in the corner and having the time of my life as we reco- as we cover Dirty Dancing at some point. So uh, if you've ever wanted that to happen, you're about to hear it. Obviously, we've got DC movies coming up in the lead-up to Justice League, as well as, of course, Star Wars movies coming your way in the lead-up to The Last Jedi, but not necessarily the Star Wars movies you think we will be covering. And uh, also, in December, we're going to be having Christmas movies, because why wouldn't you do that? It's fucking December. Um, but the one I will tag right now that we are doing this Thursday... It's a movie you would have never heard of unless you were my friend at school in grade 11 or somehow related to me via blood or were involved with me at some point in life. It's a little movie called Kill Phil. Now, we tagged a little bit about this on one of our Day of the Dead uh, recaps recently, our George Romero coverage, that uh, I made um, two weirdly terrible student films in grade 11 and grade 12. One was called Kill Phil, one was called Kill Phil 2. Original, I know. But uh, to sort of fill in the gaps before we get into our anniversary month, we thought it'd be a little bit of fun to criticise my film, considering that all we seem to do on this show is criticise professional filmmakers. So uh, this Thursday, you will hear Colin and myself critically analyse a movie that I made 13 years ago. And uh, if you're wondering, well, what's the point of that? I'm never going to be able to see the film Fear not, you can watch the movie. If you head to our YouTube channel, just search for The Oz Network, you will find Kill Phil and Kill Phil 2 on there. You can watch it completely for free. Free movie. Why wouldn't you want to watch it? And then you can listen to us rip it to shreds. Uh, And if you've ever wanted to see me act and be a villain, which I really would find weird if you have... um, then you can do that as well. So stay tuned for that. There's lots happening on the Oz Network. We're busy little beavers, so check that out. And on a side note, I know I've been waffling on here for ages. You probably tuned out 10 minutes ago when Katie hung up. But uh, I just a little side project that I've started personally. We're keeping it under the Oz banner, sort of. Uh, if, you're a, if you're a video gamer uh, and you're a Formula One fan, uh, check out. We've got a new channel out there called uh, Casual Gamer Oz. It's basically me playing F1 2016 and soon to play F1 2017, which comes out 
this week on PlayStation 4. Uh, I know that our very long-term listener, Catherine, who listens to everything that we ever produce, I'm still yet to find a show that Catherine will not listen to us. We love you too, Catherine. Thank you. She uh, has already uh, watched all the videos, so I've had at least one viewer. Uh, it's just a bit of fun. You know, I've got to pass the time in between not having a life and recording podcasts, so I decided to record myself playing video games. Why not? Uh, but yeah, check out Casual Gamer Oz, um, for sure. Why not? Thank you for tuning in to this very long episode of the Oz Network, and uh, it's basically been 50% of me talking and tagging other products. Uh, subscribe to us uh, if you are a long-term fan and a long-term listener, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, the usual channels. And please, if you are on any of those services, we really do appreciate any sort of feedback, ratings. Uh, it is a very much uh, a tool that we do use to helpfully, hopefully, uh, you know, increase our um, our product, um, putting it out there. Uh, and if you hate us as well, one star, just tell us we're shit. Sure, we'll continue to be shit. Uh, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and subscribe to us on YouTube, as I've just mentioned. And on a side note, I did mention this in our uh, exit interview with Jackie this morning, just on Twitter, uh, just a friendly reminder that we do live tweet during the episodes as they air in Australia. Uh, we do like to put out a slight warning, you know, 15 minutes or half an hour before we do tweet to let people know. Please don't come to us and complain that we're tweeting out spoilers. The only time we are, quote, spoiling is during the episode. Every single moment after the episode, we we do our best to cover who's been voted out. Uh, our exit interviews, we hide the, the person's name and we just allow you to download them. But we are going to be live tweeting. It's it's what we do. And there's, there's no reason for you to complain that we're doing that. If you're on social media, if you're overseas or you're in Australia and, and you haven't seen the episode yet, I mean, it's not really our responsibility that you haven't seen the episode. It's kind of up to you to avoid social media until you've seen the episode. So it's, it's a frustrating thing that we kind of have to bring up. I don't like bringing it up but we did get a, a abuse from a user this week and just uncalled for abuse uh fairly racist abuse too which was very offensive and we've since blocked that uh that follower it's uncalled for and uh really we we don't have to like to bring this up on an episode but please if you are scared of getting spoiled by our live tweets until you see the episode just just unfollow us until you have seen the episode or just avoid social media it really is that simple and uh, we won't have to have this discussion again just wanted to point that out thank you for tuning into the Oz Network let's end it on a positive note Katie you're awesome thank you so much surprise surprise she's still on the line no she's not really uh, we'll be back next week with more coverage of Australian Survivor thank you for your continued support here on the Oz Network my name is Ben has been Ben still will be Ben And until next time, good night. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.